Halloween. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 242 of the Triple Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live and direct with the homie, JP, also known as the Mexicans. And we got Mr. Saucedo back in the house, also known as Freeman Park Dukes. Yeah, and I'll be your host, the M-O-O-D to the Z, representing PGBC. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Yo, <clears throat> what's up? What's with uh, the What's with the delayed response? Were you trying to absorb that? Because it was. I was trying know. to absorb it, and there's a fight happening. Oh, a, f- <laughs> a, f- a fight! Uh, uh, off, the, okay. off the start here, I'm going to apologize for my froggy sound and voice. I've been sick for the last few days, so I might have to mute it a few times to get some coughs out and whatnot. But yes, if I sound funny, it's because I am. I got a cold. It's not COVID. I literally have a cold, which is the first one I've had in years. Like I never get sick, but it's explainable because so my job, it involves taking cabs a lot. And so I finished my route the other day and I jumped into this cab and the cab driver, he turns around and he goes, where to? And I'm like, oh, just back to the depot, man. And he turns, as he was saying that to me, he fucking coughs. And I'm like, oh, that's great. It was like right in my face. And so all the way back to the depot, this guy's fucking hacking up a lung in the front seat, not covering his mouth. Windows are up. And I'm like, oh, fucking great. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going, I'm totally going to get sick. Sure as shit. Later on that night, my throat started getting sore. I'm like, oh, fuck. I woke up at like 430 in the morning. My throat was like totally sore. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. Like, I, I swear to God, that was literally the moment. I, I, It had to have been when I got sick. I'm like, this guy fucking spread his filthy fucking cabbie germs on my face and got me sick. <laughs> I, I was i was so pi- i was pissed man because like the next day at work i didn't feel great and friday was even worse but i just i just took it easy i still got my route done in like three hours but but yeah i was like my god like oh i i haven't been sick in a while so i was like thank god it was just like one of those sicknesses where it was just kind of like congestion and a little bit of cough and shit you know like when you get a cold sometimes and everything aches and you're like fucking shitting and oh Luckily, oh, yeah. I didn't, luckily, I didn't have that type of sickness because I, there's no way I could do my job if I was puking out my butt. So, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm doing a little better. Actually, today is, I felt feel better than I did yesterday, but the voice is still a little bit fuckery. So, anyways, yeah, little explanation. But anyways, episode two forty two. It's 
an official Halloween show. Like originally we weren't even going to record this show because we weren't sure if we were going to be able to record this weekend because I was supposed to be out of town this weekend. The kids got a hockey tournament, but the wife decided to take them um, alone uh, for a couple of reasons. Actually, she, she, she's like, you know what? I was going to, I said to her, I'm like, man, I think I'm getting sick. And she's like, man, you should probably stay home and shit. And Cause I didn't want to get the kids sick and stuff. And probably worked out a lot better but but she also like unselfishly was like well you guys are just back doing the show and stuff you guys need to get into a rhythm you should stay home and do it anyways and i was like fuck oh that's awesome <laughs> that's a wife for you right there so it yeah. kind of worked out that i i got it kind of gave me that excuse to stay home too because i really didn't want to get the kids sick but uh they're actually playing in their gold medal game as we're recording right now and awesome they're awesome. actually they're up nine to two <laughs> the nail biter <laughs> and this kid is oh yeah so this tournament, man, I don't know what happened, but so they played three games yesterday. They won 18 to nothing. The kid scored a hat trick. How does that even happen? It's nothing. I know. It, it, I don't have <laughs> no idea. So, so, but they, they have this rule called the Wayne Gretzky rule. So it, if a kid scores three goals in a game, he's not allowed to score anymore, but they actually, <laughs> so they fucked up and Troy, the, my kid had scored three goals and they forgot that he had a hat trick, whatever. So he ended up scoring again. He got four goals. And it, it, it <laughs> so you ended up scoring four in that game. They won the next game like five to two, and then the last one like nine to two or something like that. But so yeah, they're up in this one nine two in the gold medal game. He's got a couple goals. Kid's killing it. He's doing good. Awesome, so. dude. That's Sounds great. Like yeah, that's pretty good. So um, three goals seems like insultingly low to be called the Gretzky rule. Yeah, I think it's because some teams, you know, like at that age, they have really dominant kids and they'll just go out there and score yeah. 15 goals. So they they try to cut it off. They make them pass the puck and stuff, which makes complete sense. And the funny thing is Troy's like, you know, he plays on the top line, but they're the, the kids that he plays with are they're like the stars of the team. Right. So wow. you just just imagine. Oh, right? yeah. Like, I've, I've been that kind of team. Right. Yeah. Like sometimes when you're especially like if you're young, I actually like when I was eight years old, I played with like I played with Frank Vetrano from the Anaheim Ducks. who's was nice. like, lighting it up this year. And that dude would score like five goals a game. And he was two years younger than us. That was yeah. when he was like six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. Halloween show. So anyways, I was getting back to that. Um, so originally we weren't even going to record the show. We were actually just going to kind of treat the Tim Burton show as the Halloween show because it had Sleepy Hollow on there. And a lot of people associate that film with Halloween, even though it has like one fucking scene in the film with a pumpkin. Which is like, which is like a comical scene. It's, it's like a so joke. It's so like shoehorned in too. It's not even like a real scene. No, it's literally a joke. It's a fucking joke in the movie. I, I've never, I don't know. I've never fully understood the whole Sleepy Hollow Halloween. Can I don't know. It is. What it, it just is. got those like spooky Halloween like aesthetic vibes. I guess so. I guess yeah. so. So, so. And I think also the Disney one, the uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad or whatever. That one's set on Halloween. So oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I saw a couple of people mention that. I never even heard of it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I saw that mentioned too. That's right. So if we weren't going to record the show, we were going to treat that as a Halloween show. But then this happened. I'm in town. We decided to put the show together. And it's kind of an odd one because we usually do a Halloween show every year. Most of the movies are like retro Halloween films. Well, but usually year, it's listeners choose them. Yeah, listeners. Th this it, is like the first time we haven't done that since like right? the Night of the Demons franchise, I think. Right, right, right. You know, it's funny, actually, speaking of Night of the Demons franchise, someone commented on the video yesterday and said, oh, thanks for the awesome show, blah, blah, blah. And I commented back and I said, you know, what's funny about that. And I was like, JP thinks this is like the worst show we ever did. <laughs> yeah, I just remember it just being messy. And no, I think what happened in the, and I was thinking back on like, I can't quite remember. But I think it's because we were all scrapping like 
me and Jeremy were fighting and we like we were fighting about we stupid shit. And like, yeah. We were all arguing like before the show and then during the show. And then I remember we had to pause a couple of times because people were getting pissed off. It was fucking it was just one of those messy recordings that like we hated life at the time. So I don't yeah. know. I, I don't think overall the show is like probably not mm. the worst thing in the world, but I, I think w- me and you are like totally polar opposites on the remake because I still to this day hate that fucking remake. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's junk, but yeah, somebody had commented on that video, but yeah, it was kind of interesting. But anyways, going back to this show, it's, I thought it was kind of interesting because it's three modern movies and we don't, re- we, we generally don't review a lot of modern films and uh, anymore. We used to a lot more now we, we did don't as much. Yeah, we would do them periodically. And, but this show happened to be three films basically from this year, one from 2022, which is the sequel to the barn, which we've reviewed on a Halloween show, I believe before. Was it last yeah. year? A couple years ago? Uh, it was like two, three years ago. Yeah, something like that. So so we had to do the barn part two, and then we got the brand new one, Dark Harvest, which has the lamest title ever because there's like a whole franchise called Dark Harvest, which I believe is like the Killer Scarecrow trilogy. Those movies suck. And then there's one from the 1992 year, I believe, called Dark Harvest. Um, yeah, so I the, think we've also reviewed. Yeah, I think we have. And it's it just, it's so unoriginal. It, every there's year there's- one- that like IFC Midnight put out not that like a couple years maybe like 10 years yeah ago. there's another yeah you're right there's one that they put out too there you go it's just it, it seems like every single year there's always one movie that has that like that total google fuckery title where you type it in and like a million things come up you know it's like yeah. this year's dark harvest it's like which one am I looking for and of course we're doing totally killer from this year also which is set on Halloween so the cool. Blumhouse movie yeah Blumhouse film and yeah very interesting um yeah so those are the three films that we're doing on this halloween special um halloween happy halloween to everybody out there it doesn't feel like it because i usually would have had well originally we had a halloween party planned at our place for last night um but obviously um wife's out of town we're not we're actually going to do it next weekend but it actually worked out really well because i was sick and i probably would have canceled the party anyways because i was sick because Really, I don't want to get other people sick. That's just fucking rude, right? You don't want to. Yeah, be unlike that filthy cab driver. <laughs> exactly. It's fucking bullshit. So we're going to do that next weekend. So it hasn't really felt like Halloween to me at all. Um, but it is what it is. But uh, Halloween, Halloween. You guys watch any Halloween related films just for fun? Like what, what are some of your guys' favorite Halloween watches? Or films um, you like to watch around the holiday season? They don't have to be actually Halloween films. Right. But- yeah um the one i mean i've mentioned this before on the show but like one of the ones i always try to get to is graveyard shift um just always had that vibe for me even though it's right. not fall or anything right it just i always associated it with like the october month right um people under the stairs and tales from the hood i used to watch a lot i've watched both of those this year i did m- make it through seven of the halloween films um the original seven run Uh, i had those 4ks that um i think i ended on part four last year but i just decided to go through all of them again and then i had that the new set that had the h2o halloween six and resurrection and so i opened that finally and i watched Hmm. six and h2o i I didn't make it i didn't i didn't have the courage to do resurrection again Uh, (laughs) but i i don't know i might and um I wa I watched uh Stephen King stuff usually hits for 
Halloween for me. Uh, Pet Cemetery I watched last mm-hmm. night. Pet Cemetery two a couple nights ago. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty pretty standard go for me. Yeah. What about you, Ty? Uh, ever like the only movie like I absolutely like always have to watch every Halloween is Halloween three. Like that's <laughs> that's like a staple. But I kind of just like usually I hit a lot of the same ones. I kind of just try to take it as an opportunity. So like watch just like some of my favorite horror movies, period. Right. Or like some I haven't watched in a long time. But like for the Halloween season, usually like the two days leading up to Halloween, I'll probably start tonight. I pretty much just like I just marathon like movies like that. I usually try to revisit a couple older ones I haven't seen too much or it's been a while, but I always stick to like supernatural. Like I don't like watch like any like more of like the psychological horror movies or anything that's like not really like kind of like spooky around these days and try to keep it like pure like that if that makes any sense oh yeah yep yeah like the only one i've really watched this week i threw in the new 4k rosemary's baby and watched that and mm. got that out of the way but that's really all i've like done specifically to that so far i uh yeah i'm i'm the same way with halloween three man it's like a i watch it every year it's an annual watch for me yeah, like I pretty much always watch Halloween at some point, whether it's Halloween, whether it's near Halloween or Halloween or some other time in the year. Right. But I think last year I got up to number five, and I haven't watched like a lot of those like mid sequels like in a long time. So maybe mm-hmm. like I'll try to get in like mm-hmm. six, seven, and eight this year. Right. I haven't seen those in a long time. Yeah, I, I avoid them like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like they're fun, like every once in a while, though. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely haven't seen H like uh, H two O for like ten years. Yeah, I actually like H two O a lot. That's when people say they liked. It. I remember really not liking it the last time I watched it, but I sw- it's most- one of those movies. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I swear, I like it less and less and less. It's like that's how I mean, I it's feel a like scre- it feels like a scream movie. It does <laughs> more than a Halloween movie. It does. It totally feels like a scream movie. But I think they handle the Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Myers thing like way better than the the new series did. Oh, I would agree with that for sure. Like the the trauma aspect of it yeah. and stuff. That's at I least like that- a cool part of it, and it wasn't yeah. like overtired in like 1998, like it kind of is now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I actually threw on the the original uh, chainsaw last night. It popped in the uh, the second site 4K. You know, a big fucking brick edition that they put out. Fuck, man, I was like, Jesus, dude! Like, I remember bringing this up before when Dark Sky Films put out the Blu-ray a few years back, and I was like, Damn, dude! Like TCM just it just looks too good. You know, like, and then you pop in this 4K, and like, God damn it, dude! What the fuck? Like, this movie shouldn't look this good. It's just crazy. It looks really, really good. But man, Texas Chainsaw, like, it's not like a full-on annual, but I really do like to watch around the season for some reason. Um, I watched Night of the Demons um, also on Friday, which is like an annual thing for me. I always watch Night of the Demons. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, You know, things like I'm actually I watch a lot of Scooby Doo around October for some reason. I always, I always associate scooby-doo even like you know the tv series as a or like the the movies and stuff like that with october yeah. always have always have of course return leaving dead i usually watch every year uh suspiria is one one film that i always watch around this time of year for some for some yeah. reason I, I just do it uh W-N-F. i usually do that too i watch like i usually in october watch like all the argento movies and watch some of the fulci movies yeah, yeah. some of the fulci movies yeah. but i'm like 
uh i'm just gonna kick that to next month and just like watch like all my favorite italian movies that like i actually do that quite a bit like i'll I'll watch like argento and and uh fulci like right around halloween leading into um italian months so it kind of like you know like a pre kind of laps over itself but you know in the right way so that's kind of cool but wnuf has turned into like almost like an annual watch for me too man i love that film i still need to see the sequel but uh the first one man i just i absolutely love that film man it's just so it's so cool to show that to people for the first time and have them think it's fucking like real it's crazy i love that shit man but um dawn of the dead i usually end up watching around this time of year it's my favorite movie of all time most people know that shit um even like night of living dead like actually yeah, anything- i watched night of the living dead already that's, that's a good halloween for watch. uh october yeah uh, night of the living dead is like such a damn perfect uh like october watch it's one of my favorite things to do man is watch those like in sequence man i i can watch all three of those movies back to back like religiously i could do that all the time man so fucking good but yeah uh, the trilogy is phenomenal yeah i still you know i I still think it's like it's almost like the horror genre is one of the biggest crimes in the horror genre world in the realm of of horror films is that that romero never got a chance to do a zombie like one of the dead films in the 90s yeah such a shame land of the dead was supposed to be that it was supposed to be yeah it just i I would have been just so curious to see how it would have turned out in the 90s right because the 90s was just such an odd decade for for horror i think it definitely would have been better just for like the fact he was like 10 years younger exactly just coming off more of his successful films than yeah like what he had like especially if he had the money to do it you know what i mean yeah yeah it's just like if he picked up doing that after doing something like you know he would say he went like monkey shines and then he went the dark half then like in 91 he made another dead movie like i think he just would have been like a way better rhythm than making like picking up 20 years later 25 years later but who knows though right because didn't romero like after making those kind of studio films like just have enough of fucking studios in hollywood and shit like that and he's like fuck this like yeah that wasn't know. really like a i don't think it would have been the best day. time for him to go kind of because i feel like making another dead film for him would have been more on like his level you know like more indie type shit. but like coming off the studio like it left a big you know foul taste in his mouth and he kind of said that's really why he do, didn't really do a lot in the 90s right because he's kind of like fuck this shit, but um I, who knows how it would have turned out because i know like he, he's expressed that those were like not the best times in his career you know i wouldn't say the movies are bad or anything they're just they're not my favorites from Meryl either but i think i mean like, we did get the someone. we did get the night of the living dead remake in the mm-hmm. 90s which right. was you know i'm sure george had something to do with yeah um but, well he definitely greenlit it because you know it's not like tom savini's you know just out of the fucking blue said hey i'm gonna remake this film without talking to fucking george about it he obviously yeah. got oh actually george good. wrote this rewrote the screenplay right he did yeah 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 so yeah and i and honestly that movie the more that i watch it the more that i like it you know it was funny too because like i remember watching the remake of night of the living dead when it first came out and being like you know i was younger but i i was familiar with the original film and stuff and i just i was always so confused by i was like because back in those days like i i wasn't really overly familiar with watching too many remakes you know you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i'm like why the fuck is this movie like it's like the other one but i was being so confused about it and shit and i never really cared for it growing up and i never really appreciated the film until i was like in my 20s 
so like in the 2000s and stuff like that and i i realized what you know tom had done with it and you know it was it, it's actually a pretty decent film so yeah i watched it i think like two years ago for the first time in a long time and mm -hmm. i was like man i i actually really like that movie yeah yeah i actually haven't seen it that's probably one of my biggest blind spots really or you haven't yeah. seen the remake wow crazy no. uh it's like it's weird where when i was just like watching movies like repetitive like now i'm very release driven and like it like if something just pops in front of my face streaming like as far as how i watch stuff and for the longest time that just like didn't have a good release when i would have been like kind of watching the more classic films like that mm -hmm. and i also just like when i was real young and i would just watch stuff on my laptop like over and over and just pirate stuff all day like i wasn't interested in it yet so it's okay. just kind of just been like a circumstance time where it just never lined up and like it never had a good release yeah because it, it was released by twilight time and yeah i think yeah. the transfer was even kind of bad and it went out of print uh because they did their very limited um releases and then i think it got a sony release a couple years ago that's relatively affordable now i think yeah it got a sony release i have the um the umbrella release it's got both of them like the original and the remake oh, i got cool. that like that double that's it's cool. separate disc and shit and it's got that double artwork you know, where you can flip the case and it's not like the reversal it's got artwork on both sides yeah. um and the fucking transfer on that re on on both of them are phenomenal like really really fucking good man i swear the best the original night of lightning dead has ever looked i swear from all the transfers i've seen on that is there a 4k of the original yeah yeah, is, oh, yeah, yeah uh tw um criteria, criteria. Did, right right yeah, so they did that was a 4k i couldn't remember if that was a 4k release i haven't seen the criteria. that is though i have i have the criteria on blue and i don't think that church is even like great and i'm like the criteria on like fanboy here right so i didn't even upgrade i didn't even i didn't feel like it was even worth like upgrading to the 4k there's just like way other films i'd rather upgrade to 4k from that. but I, I i actually did hear because i think the the umbrella release and the they're different transfers and I have heard from people that the umbrella one is better. So I can't, I can't speak on it because I haven't seen the, the criterion, but I will say from, from uh, what I've seen, the umbrella one is really good. And the remake looks phenomenal on Blu-ray. Like it just, uh, um, umbrella does good transfers. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Really umbrella good. does criterion does good work, but like, even like, I'll even say this, like as my favorite label, like when it comes down to like just transfers, criterion is like not even like top three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they do good features um but i i don't think they're known for their transfers no they do good work like it's not like they do bad transfers but like i i don't often see like a film like five criteria where it just like wows me how it looks now like i will get one like that every so often but i constantly get that feeling when i just watch some random movie from like Vin vinegar syndrome or when i see like some of the arrow 4ks some of these movies i've seen 10 times yeah there's so many there's so many boutique labels now that are doing such good restorations that it's like it's even hard to to you really can't break. really miss it's kind of like a pre it's like a personal preference thing like if you were to break down like what your favorite releases are or like transfers companies whatever but versus like the best and shit like i guess it's how you see it though right like literally yeah. so like I, I don't know how like vinegar syndrome to me does some of the best restorations because like some of the movies that they restore are just like huge turds right like they shouldn't look that good you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean like they're, they're restoring movies that just have no business looking the way they do yeah so like for me in that aspect and like some movies that i've seen that they you know from before and then they've re released i'm like fuck man like 
it literally blows my mind sometimes like vinegar syndrome yeah. i feel like is so far ahead of the game in that aspect it's just it's crazy to me but i mean yeah. everyone like all these companies do such good work like 88 does some really good work you know umbrella um at blue underground honestly does phenomenal transfers they do they everyone really, really kind of has their it has their niche that yeah. like does different things like for like i don't think kino does like the best work transfer wise but it's like it's still fine but they're like way cheaper during their sales and I feel like, oh yeah i feel like with kino the reason why like their work is always good it's like always like above average kind of thing but it's never like mind-blowing it's because kino has the biggest fucking catalog of shit they put out so much stuff like they yeah. can't they can't restore films like synapses like Synapse will fucking take a year and a half on one film to restore like even when they when they did suspiria and shit like yeah they, they like literally years. go frame by like they put so much effort like Synapse's transfers are phenomenal on everything yeah. they do like they I put so much suspiria 4k you're talking about yeah. is literally the best disc in my collection i know it, it looks I, I actually agree i think the i think when i think of like what my all-time like most blown away transfers are it's probably blue underground's um zombie and then synapses suspiria 4k like those are the two that that knock my socks off like i'm sure you guys know these guys have noticed i'm sure you guys have both seen suspiria a ton of times but like i've seen things in that movie that i've never seen before until it was on 4k and i'd seen that movie 20 times before that right yeah like that zombie transfer from blue underground man like you can see like the fucking the larva's eggs and shit dude like <laughs> it's it's fucking phenomenal man yeah it's really yeah, even even the fucking blu-ray from them before they did the 4k looked yeah. fucking amazing uh, like i even said though, like even like the old blue blue underground dvds look good like they always look good it's crazy they they all yeah. they've always done really good work and shit like that so props to lustig for putting out all that shit man the yeah. problem is with blue underground is that they have like five titles that they keep re-releasing like for eternity <laughs> like zombie yeah. maniac yeah like some of their 4k transfers recently are, it's, it's, again it's pretty interesting cover. i mean do we really need franco films in 4k like come on no. man. we just don't need 4k transfers of his cost to do those is probably just so much lower that it's like well yeah because they they own them already they don't have to license them that the, back in the day they would license them but now the, it seems like they're just redoing their own label the stuff they already own yeah, yeah. and I, I know they lost some of them too you know because oh, other tons. studios have picked them up yeah mm -hmm. just too many companies to name man like severin's another one that does really good work they're um, so they do great work they're so expensive though yeah i just I, i'm to the point where like dude i can be, i i i'm like my collecting habits have like decreased so much um it's just nuts there's so many it's companies just too releasing. expensive man like cauldron like another like the, you know they're smaller company yeah. they're they're doing good work but they're putting out some pretty interesting titles and then you got all the sister labels of fucking vinegar syndrome like you just oh my it just never ends there, there seems like there's companies popping up left and right now it's just yeah terror vision terror vision like, i mean when terror vision announced syndrome. like a laundry list of films i was like what in the motherfuck like that is i've never fucking they ever, announced like 50 titles or something i've never heard shit. of a company ever doing that like I actually was a little bit disappointed that they did that because then because now you're just anticipating all these things like with vinegar syndrome like you don't know what the next four titles are going to be for the next month kind of thing like it's it's yeah. always kind of a surprise I was kind of disappointed besides Terravision since they left the vinegar syndrome sister um label on the website and stuff 
haven't really picked up anything because the shipping is just atrocious. Like it's fucking bad. Mm-hmm. It's really, really bad. And it's more expensive and shit. It was just way cheaper and affordable to go through vinegar syndrome where you, you know, when you, you don't pay for shipping half the time. And it was just, it was just a lot yeah. better deal for me. I just refuse to pay for shipping. I don't know what, like how bad the rates change on the shipping to Canada, but. Oh, sometimes it's always bad, spend the minimum. Yeah. It, I, I mean, yeah, like I said, with vinegar syndrome, like I never, ever pay for shipping and stuff. So it's nice. And, and they're cool too because they they're shipping out of the states now to canada because they used to have a warehouse here and they used to ship but they cover like all the custom fees and shit too so that's nice so you don't have to worry about that shit so yeah and i think i actually just opened up a store in in toronto, toronto. yeah they yeah. did i actually oh, know exactly where it is i saw the the thing i was like oh i know where that is fucking awesome yeah the one in connecticut's really cool i've been there a couple of times yeah i think next time i'm in toronto i'm gonna make a point to go and check out the uh the store i mean i gotta do that right you gotta do it if you're in the area oh for sure it's just like how often do you get to walk into like a little store that's just all boutique labels right yeah it's pretty fucking awesome man pretty awesome so before the show i thought it would be fun to just i just googled uh like a list of like the best Halloween movies to watch on hell. I haven't even looked at the list. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that came up was a list from variety or from very variety.com. Oh, maybe. So I'm like, I, I, and I, that's it's exactly why I wanted to do it. I was like, how bad is this list going to be, man? I can't so, wait. <laughs> so like, I'm like, and it was literally, but it was, it was one that was short enough to like talk about. There was a couple other ones that were like 50 and 70 movies. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to go through one of those lists. <laughs> this one says the 21 best Halloween movies ever ranked. Okay. So actually right. So let's talk about this. Okay. All right. So oh it is. Okay. Right. So it does start from 21 down. Okay. Number 21 is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, 2019. Did you guys see this? Average. One? Um, you know what? I watched it in the theater, really liked it. And then I watched it again um this past uh September, I think, right before Halloween on 4K. And I still I still think it's pretty solid. Um, if you grew up with those stories, uh, it's cool to see them on the, on the, you know, screen and actualized. Um, it could have been better though. Yeah. I was pretty unfamiliar with the stories actually, to be honest. Really? Like, That's it, actually shocking. I know. I know. Like I, it, I had those books growing up. Man. Like I knew about the stories, but I, I totally think that I'd never read them because like I'm watching this movie in the theater and I'm going, I'm thinking to myself going, I either have never read the source material or I just have the worst memory in the world. Cause I was not getting anything from this. Like it was like all new to me. Right. So I just kind of took it for what it was. And you know, overall I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I did. Well, I did rewatch it after again and I thought it was still pretty solid. I think I watched it with the wife, I believe. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it's that, a good like gateway ish. Uh, yeah. Horror yeah. flick for younger kids. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty dis- It's pretty interesting. It's on this list. Cause this is like, it did say all time, right? Like movies ever. So this is all time. All right, so number twenty going really narrow with the Halloween thing. Yeah, uh, obviously. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that these are probably movies to watch around. I'm assuming all these movies are probably not set actually on Halloween. Yeah. Maybe you know how these we'll see. Well, Maybe I guess we'll, we'll see. see. Number twenty. Oh, this is. I don't think I've ever seen this. Weird. Um, Practical Magic from 1998. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. What's the it, that's like saying it's like hocus pocus but like about it's at nicole kidman's like plays like i'm the bad girl who gets all the boys 
it's it's this listed is as my a good, drama. My two good sister. Yeah, it's like a kid. Romantic. It's like watching Hocus, it's like Hocus Pocus for little drama. girls. Oh, it's like a witch movie. Yeah, I yeah, don't it's, think I've ever. It's not good. It's like I saw it when I was thirty years old. So maybe that's Sandra Bullock. To it. Yeah, I'm Sandra assuming Bullock plays like the good sister. So, I mean, there's there's multiple reasons why I've never watched this movie. First of all, I really am not a Nicole Kidman fan. I can't stand oh, her. Actually, that's my favorite actress. Really? What the fuck, dude? Yeah. That's crazy. I I don't her know something Jennifer about Jason her. Lee. I love. I love oh, I love Jennifer Jason Lee. Gen- Jennifer Jason Lee is excellent in everything, man. She's just fucking phenomenal. Um. But yeah, there's a couple reasons here. Nicole Kidman, I've never liked her. Um, number two, this movie came out in 1998. That was the year I graduated. And there was no way I, and I probably thought this was a total chick flick. So there's no way I was fucking watching it's this. It's literally shit. like for 12 year old girls. Yeah. So Nicole there you go. So I, 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 I had a hard pass on this and never looked back apparently. So yeah, I've never seen this movie. Um, okay. Nothing else to say on that one. Number 19. Oh, here we go. Canadian classic Ginger Snaps from 2000. Absolutely. My favorite werewolf film. It it's such a, a movie. It's such a good movie. It's such a. I, I, I actually like all three of them. Honestly, mm. it might be my. I'm I'm not in love with this movie or anything. I do think it's a really good movie, but it might be my favorite werewolf movie too. I can't think of a werewolf movie I'm like super high on. Uh, well, everybody so says many... uh, the Howling or American Werewolf in London or like yeah, the like two. I like. Well, I, I mean, think it, American it, Werewolf in London's probably better, but I would probably rather watch Ginger Snaps like on any given night. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what kind of list you're making. Are you making your favorite? Is it your yeah, favorite film? If or I was going to say film? like favorites and like in, like just purely favorites, I would rather watch Ginger Snaps in American Werewolf in London. See, I always try to stress that to people because when it comes to werewolf films, I feel like favorites vary so much when it comes. But most people do best list because they just don't understand the difference between best and favorite. But yeah. but when it comes down to it, like I've said this many times, like American Werewolf in London, I think is a better movie than The Howling. Um, but I prefer the howling. The howling is my favorite film. Um, I mean like werewolf film and like, it's just the way I describe it. I I think werewolf or in London is a better film, right? If I was to make a best list, it would probably, you know, like, you know what I mean? So the thing too, that's a little unique about American Werewolf in London is I don't even think the best stuff about the movie, like has anything to do with like the werewolf. No, I, I've always said this before, too. I remember somebody gave me so much shit on one of my videos. I was doing, remember when I used to do the top 10 Tuesdays? Yeah. And I, my, I remember, it might even be on this top 10 werewolf video. I'd, I'd have to click into it. But I said something along the lines of, I'm not sure if it, maybe it was on the podcast. I don't know. Someone commented one time and was pissed right off. And they were calling me every name in the book and shit. I said something about the best scene in American Werewolf in London is the, uh, is the dream sequence scene. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably yeah, the dream sequences are good in that movie. Just like, man. yeah, like his his dead friend following him around, and just like yeah, talking and, to him, like is the best stuff in the movie. Totally, hundred percent. And I, I think this guy would like totally just kind of. I, I probably put it in the in the mindset of like because I always stress on this show how much I really don't like dream sequences in movies that don't have anything to do with dreams, like. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like when you throw in random dream sequences into films, it just, it, it takes me out of the narrative sometimes. And it it's used as like, ah, it, it's just a because it doesn't in, matter. That's the, that's the, problem. that's the thing. Like, like it's it, a variable it, it in does, a film. It just, it's just yeah. a scare and that's it. it. It is. It's totally like a scare. It's like this variable, you know, and I'm like, fuck whatever, man. But like, you know, with something like Nightmare on Elm Street with it, it's actually about dreams and shit. That's totally fucking different to me. But, and like, and I, I always promote, and I always say how much I like the dream sequence in, um, in American Werewolf in London. And it's odd because, like I said, I, I'm just not a big fan. It always kind of takes me out. But I mean, that shit that they did in there was really creepy and was really good. And I think it's some of the best shit in the film. <laughs> it's just like so fucking odd to me. But 
Um, but Ginger Snaps, though, man, it would, it would you know, like the commentary in Ginger Snaps would actually play out pretty good in today's kind of like woke society and shit like that, too. I think there's a lot of parallels with this movie to like something like Raw today. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. I think a lot of people should actually have never seen Ginger Snaps from like, you know, today's kind of society yeah. should watch Ginger Snaps. Actually, it's pretty good. Um, oh, here we go. Number 18, Night of the Demons, 1988. I mean, it's classic, bro. <laughs> Very classic Halloween. Movie. Everything about Night of the Demons is amazing. Like from the opening score is so fucking good. The score to this movie is so good. Like that theme music and then the animation in the beginning. So fucking awesome, man. I think when I met Kevin Tenney, he told me, or maybe it's not. I, no, I'm pretty sure he told me this in person. Cause I asked him about why he went with animation for the opening credits. Cause like, it's such, it's like an oddball thing to do. Right. Because generally you'd have like an opening scene, whatever, run your credits, blah, blah, blah. And I think he told me the reason why they did the animation was because they couldn't, they didn't have the money to shoot anymore. Shit. <laughs> so it was really just a budgetary uh, constraint that they ended up doing. The, the animation was just a lot cheaper to do. I remember, I think, um, I think it works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I remember, this was this was before I met you, Mids. It was like two thousand eight, yeah, or nine. I was living alone, wasn't working, and uh, my I, I had the Netflix DVD by mail thing because I was so bored all the time. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a way to get a job, and I was just like, you know, my pat my grandfather was basically paying for all my shit, and uh, I remember doing the DVD by mail. And I just like the whole summer, I literally just like did DVD by mail as much as possible. I think I got three out at a time and I just was watching. I wasn't, I wasn't like a big movie collector back then yet or anything. I had, I had a, you know, I had like probably about like 200 movies that I had owned from growing up uh, and buying on DVD and at Walmart and stuff. But uh I, w I was trying to watch movies from like the eighties that I had never seen before and I remember rent, renting like Sleepaway Camp and stuff, and and Night of the Demons was one of them. And I remember getting it, and uh, the 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 beginning where the old dude is walking with the the apples and the razors fall off, yeah, fall out, and he's all like, "I'm gonna get you, kids!" Or so I was like, "Holy shit!" It's so dark, <laughs> and it's like it's a throwaway scene, you know. It does it. Well, it it no, does pay off in the end. I'm actually, I'm watching not. I'm watching this movie on Friday, and I'm laughing because every time. I, I was just, you know, I just go, I wasn't really thinking about it. And, and I'm, I'm laughing to myself. I'm like, I never realized, well, I realized before, but I just kind of put it into my mind, just kind of piece it together. And I was like, Night of the Demons is like one of the only movies, like kind of standard film, like not an anthology film that has a wraparound story in it. <laughs> yeah. It literally has a bookend wraparound story. Yeah. For some odd fucking reason, they put this in there. Like, it, you don't even have to have that opening or end scene in it, but they do. Yeah. But I just remember, like, just laughing, like, on the couch, like, by myself, eating French fries. <laughs> like, <laughs> just laughing that this guy's going to fucking razor blade some apples because he hates these kids. I know, man. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, I have Linnea Quigley tattoo from this movie. Really? Okay. Yeah, 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 I'm looking at a frame poster of it right now, and uh, another autograph picture of Linnea. Was it the classic scene where she puts the the lipstick the in her lipstick. nipple? <laughs> not, not with the nipple. I I went. I tried to. Is it the classic scene where she bends over in the store? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh she's the, have, the, the movie's the best. You guys have sour balls? Sure do. Must have a hard time getting blowjobs in. <laughs> Wasn't that the director and the producer, like at the counter too? Not the director, but I think it was two of the producers, like at the counter, like they say the line too. <laughs> yeah, it could be, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so number 17 is 1986's Trick or Treat. Um oh the the Sammy Kerr Sammy Kerr one. Yeah. Yeah. Which That's uh coming from Synapse, I think, right? Or is that are they a, that are, are they a f- yeah, someone is putting it out. I'm not I can't remember who announced it. Yeah, I know, I know I know that Michael Felsher from uh, uh Who did announce uh, it? Fucking Oh no, Kino did trick or treats. Oh, what the fuck is the the label? Well, Trick or Treats was originally put out by Code Red. I think they and then they licensed Vestron. up the rights. Yeah, that would make sense. I know they that Michael Fe- Felsher from Vestron is the one that's working on the the Trick or Treat. He said that it was like you know, it, it's a title that took a lot because forever nobody could do it because of the music and the the. Uh, oh, Vestron's actually clearances. No, I, Vestron isn't. But the the guy who runs Vestron, Michael Felsher, it also does. He's the guy from Red Shirt Pictures. I'm sure you've seen special features right. from right. Blue Underground to Anchor Bay to Scream Factory. But he's he's the one that's working on that. Um, I think the I think it's Synapse. I want to say that's putting it out. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember being announced and I was like, yeah, shit. Can't remember now. Like I said, there's so many releasing companies now. It's hard to keep track of who the fuck's announcing what. Yeah, we reviewed that one on one of the Halloween shows yeah. before. I've I've always liked it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, so that's uh, number better seven. Better than Hard Rock Zombies. I'll tell you that. Hard Rock Zombies <laughs> is fun. It's a hot mess. It's it's a hot mess. Fun movie though. Dude, that movie is a fucking dude. Ugh. I could not get over how fucking good the the vinegar syndrome transfer was on that though like because i have an old ass dvd that looks like a fucking bootleg like it always had like these kind of gray market releases and the transfers were always basically like vhs rips and shit maybe with a little fucking upkeeping but nothing fucking good and that shit i popped it in i was like goddamn crazy shit um what the fuck okay number 16 scream six oh okay it is set on halloween actually i know right? but Uh-oh. it's just i'm just like why oh, so this All list right. is just made this is a new list yeah, yeah it has to be man but scream six like really hey i mean i fucking loved it <laughs> <laughs> you know when i was in the theater watching i was like this is totally gonna make jp's top 10 this year i bet fucking scream <laughs> six this year <laughs> saw 10 fucking scream six what other sequels and shit can be in there <laughs> I mean, some of them I'm just by a, default. Listen, here's the thing about the Scream movies too. Obviously, the first one I fucking love. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I actually don't really care for two or three that much, and I never like gravitated towards them growing up or anything. Like they were never like regular watches. But I fucking love Scream Four, and now I really like Five and Six. So the franchise has gotten like better for me. Oh man. I, I I liked five, but I did not care for six. Oh, I the reveal in five made me actually laugh out loud. I was like, You fucking kidding me. I, that's how I felt in six. I was like, Are you, are you fucking for real? You know like, what's weird about part six, man? This. So we've talked about this many times, and like, I know JP always trips. He's like, You know, you don't try to figure out things in films, and like, you know, like, you know how sometimes. When you're watching a film, you're not trying to figure things out. You just something just clicks in your brain. You're like, I think I know it's what's just going like on. Where it's go- yeah, it's like where it's going. 
I don't know how in the fuck I'm sitting in the theater watching Scream 6 and I'm like, I have this idea of what's going to happen with the reveal in this one. And it pretty much was bang on. I'm like, how the fuck did that just click me? Because I'm not trying to figure it out, like, like literally. But it almost came across as being like predictable. Like, I know that's the thing, right? We have this conversation about be predictability in films and JP's like, it's never really that bad of a thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sometimes it is. Like, I feel like in a Scream film, if you're predicting the outcome of a Scream film, I think that's a negative. I just thought it was incredibly dumb. Like I, I was even like, I wasn't really like, was like, like, I wasn't even thinking into it. Like who it is. I'm just sitting here trying to enjoy the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, I really wasn't thinking into like who the killers would be. So like, but like that would have never crossed my mind. Cause that just seems so ridiculous to me. It just seems like they wrote the script overnight. I mean, I I'm just not- think that I think they're like a certain style and a certain thing. And, and when, you're talking about the scream franchise there's so much to spend your disbelief because of how often this is happening to the people right like there's literally what like 15 different killers in the scream franchise (laughs) but the thing i've always gave scream credit for for one longevity and actually continuing one story and not like doing a reboot and then two scream actually has a lot of characters that i want to see live and that's very rare for i'll give you that because like that like that scene with gail i was like well they pretty much always fucking do live and that's why i like it because it's different because most films don't do that but i think i was actually pissed when they killed off dewey i thought that was was like like a big move where like now you now it's not safe for like legacy wasn't it inevitable though though like one of the main everybody says that but everybody said that about scream 4 when scream 4 was coming out everybody was like oh they're gonna kill off dewey and gail and sydney maybe but they're definitely killing off some of them and then people were pissed when they didn't but i was like relieved because i'm like i expected them to and they didn't so i actually give them props for that but it's like i like that they don't kill off people when most franchises do i think i have a problem where i just don't like any of the kids Either. you don't like the and core four bro i fucking cannot i cannot stand new randy yeah Dude, i, 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 I like cannot the stand that, that girl man the girl's probably my least favorite but the the brother i love that dude i think that i don't understand why they didn't just pay nev campbell nev, i know for screen says like I, I don't understand like i don't hate scream six because like she's like sydney's not in it. it it does feel a little bit strange not having her in the film i'll be honest because the narrative is like you know is about her yeah and it, like she's such a major 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 focus point of this franchise to not have her in there this film felt different from that aspect but it felt off too and it felt like it was stretching so much with where they went with this too and i was like it just felt goofy to me like yeah, in I a bad way that. right it just felt goofy and off to me because like, like i feel like they're going to learn from this mistake and they're going to pay Nev and she's going to be in part seven. And then, and then they're going to make eight, nine and 10. And then, and then, you know, we're going to have these 10 films and you're going to go and have the screen marathon and you're going to get to part six and there's no Nev there. And it's going to be that reminder of how fucking dumb this is. You know what yeah, I mean? But it had Kirby that, that made up for it for me. I thought she was so bad. Like oh, this, I like you know, you were so bad. This like manic pixie girl walks in and she's like, I'm an FBI agent. Yeah, fucking right. But explain, yeah, right. To, but explain to me, like, how, how, lo- how 
low ballish did they go with Nev Campbell for this film? Because I don't know. Like I don't. Well, get that's it. the thing. We don't know. We don't yeah. like. like it, who knows? Nev Campbell could have been asking for like an insane amount of money. But yeah. But it's. But remember, she's she's the face of the franchise. Why wouldn't you pay her? Someone about this. But like someone was well, like, you, it wasn't enough. It be you really do. We don't know like what, what was offered. We don't know what the going rate yeah, is. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know what everybody else has to get paid too. You know what I mean? Like uh, I said, like you have a big when you have a big ensemble cast like that. Especially what's that new girl Ortega? She's like, oh, she's got a waves. she's a budget now. Yeah, she's yeah. Bigger yeah, but, than, but, she's but that's bigger but that's the key Nev. point there. That's the key point. New girl in the film. Nev is the face of the franchise. You give her what she wants, and then you work out the rest of the cast from there. That's how shit works. You don't fucking change the format of your characters because you don't want to pay your star. Like, it seems so fucking ridiculous to me to do something like that. Like, as a producer, as anybody involved with the screen franchise, I'd be like, hey, is Nev wrapped up? And then we'll go from there. As long as we have her wrapped, then we'll write the script. Like, that should be your main focus. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, the story was in Scream 5, the story was more about the Ortega girl than it was Nev. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So it was it was kind of a passing of the torch. Well, I mean, in a sense, you can't have this same shit happening to fucking Sydney. Yeah, you can't have like fucking 40. It does make sense, but you still need to fucking have her there. Like, it's just it makes complete sense to have her there. But, you know, it. It is what it is, but I put money on it though that she's back in part seven, like fucking for sure. Definitely would not surprise me, right? Um, it's just do you it's think one of those maybe just like had enough confidence because like that general from the time Scream Five came out and like the release of Scream Six, that general Ortega girl like blew up. Well, oh, you gotta yeah, you gotta did, remember dude. like these new she's Scream in films, Beetlejuice too. These yeah, new she's Scream in films. everything. And she's like in like she's like in like the interviews saying like I wrote half this stuff. Like dude, she's a right. she, yeah. She she bull. did um. She got like uh the 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 Wednesday character like was super popular this year. One thing yeah. that I do forget though is like these new Scream films are not for the the old school Scream fans. It's for yeah, the new generation the Scream it's fans, like, and that's she why they have is the bigger draw if you think about that's, it. Like that. you know, like you know, I'm not retracting my statement about Nev Campbell, but I'm I'm also saying I mean, I mean that's having her build is for the older heads, but having Jenna Ortega is, you know, for the new generation of Scream fans. And it makes sense because she's literally, like you guys have said, she's fucking everywhere. Like this girl is, she's like the biggest thing right now. Right. Right. So it makes sense to have her in these films and, and focus on that and stuff. It does make sense, but uh, you know, but it, it, it doesn't hurt to have Nev there. It really doesn't, but no. And I would like, to, I still think that I, I like that they didn't just like kill her off off screen. You know what I mean? Like just say like, Oh, she, Sydney's dead. What if they did something like kills her, like with a stunt double? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's like really uh, back message. to the future too, where they had Crispin Glover's character without Crispin Glover. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they actually, so they actually wrote that into the narrative, right? So when Crispin Glover turned down the sequel, they, they wrote his dad getting into that car accident and and being all fucked up just as a, as a jab to him. Yeah. (laughs) I think he he sued them too. Yeah. Like they were fucking with him and like, it totally worked though. He got underneath his skin. It's hilarious that they put that into the movie. It's so fucking funny. (laughs) It still cracks me up every time I watch part two and I'm just like, ah, ha ha. That's hilarious. Um, but anyways, moving along, number 15 is another movie that we've actually reviewed on this podcast, and that's Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991. Nice. See, Dave Z, fuck yeah. you. 
Yeah, Dave, fuck up. No, Dave Z uh, talks so much shit on the fact that we like that not only that we like Ernest, but we reviewed Ernest, right? Uh, scared stupid. And I, dude, it is actually, it's, it's actually has like some scary moments in it. And it's, the, it's a fun uh, movie. It's the trolls well, are basically the killer clown costumes just repainted, right? It just seems to me like horror has lots of different levels and different, like, different shades and. You're gonna review lots of different stuff, like over forty well, we episodes. Well, the thing I don't understand is that, like, I mean, I've talked to Dave about this too before, and like, he doesn't like anything that's kid friendly, like you know, for kids and stuff. He doesn't really consider it to be like horror. And I'm like, but why can't there be horror for kids? Right. Like on that level, like I don't understand what the difference is. Like, there's horror for adults. Why can't there be kid horror? Like Scooby Doo. It's right. still con- it's still considered horror. Because right. it's ghosts and goblins, and that's what the whole premise of the show is. Yeah. It's supernatural shit. Like, and, and it's gateway too. Like, I, whenever you know, I watched horror from the very beginning, but I also yeah. was also a kid, and I liked cartoons and and kid shows too. And right, uh, I liked ones that were more horror that more than than other ones. Like, I loved Goosebumps. I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark? Scooby Doo was yeah, a staple. That's... I all Scooby Doo always came on at like midnight when I was a kid, and I would watch. Man, watch it, you know? I watched Scooby Doo so much as a kid. It was like I knew some of that shit like word for word. It was ridiculous, but like I used to watch, you know, the real the, the Ghostbusters cartoon, the real Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice. Yeah, of course, on Fox Kids and and um, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice and stuff. Beetlejuice, like all these Beetlejuice. things were whole related. And like, there's so many cartoons like that. I don't think people even realize, but yeah, man, I, I consider it, it is gateway stuff. It's you know, kids need that that gateway to get into you know adult stuff, right? That's yeah, what I yeah. feel. My roots definitely came from like, uh, are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps? Yeah. Right. When I was a kid, I was reading goosebump books because yep. they, so they, was I. I loved horror movies. And when you're in school, there's not a lot, you know, in elementary school, there's not a lot of horror that can, you can, that can satisfy that craving for horror that you would have back then. Then you find out that there's a whole series of fucking books that are essentially horror stories that are honestly very based off of, horror stuff that we've seen like mummies and and werewolves and stuff like that but just sort of you know uh, toned down a bit for kids and then of course the fear street books that i got into for young adults were you know violent and and murders and people get stabbed to death and stuff see i was going to bring that up actually because we've talked about this on the show before and i feel like i'm always saying that but um like the goosebumps i never i was i never read the goosebumps books because they were they were a little bit later for me yeah, I was older, older when they came out because yeah. I was, I grew up reading uh, Earl Stein's Fear Street books, like you know, in the you know 1990, like you know, I was 10 years old, and that's what. And like when they put out the Fear Street movie a couple years ago, I was I was so jacked on it because I was like, this is fucking amazing. Even though the movie had nothing to do with the books, it was just, it was a there was, was just like a couple references. It was a brand new narrative, like it, there was it wasn't related to any books, but I was fine with that. And you know, it was just cool that they actually did something related to the Fear Street. Uh, you know the original fear street and stuff like that so but yeah that I, I read those things i could read my mom used to get so pissed at me because she'd buy me a book and i'd have it read in three hours like i would just sit <laughs> out in a man like i was such a quick reader as a kid like i was so far ahead with with reading and shit i could just rip through books and i'm like where's the next one i fucking love those books dude like yeah those in christopher pike man i, dude, I read a bunch of Chris- and every- love, i love the covers bro the covers I, are so good yeah the it covers was- are what like drew me in dude totally 100 it was funny because i had like 
every Fear Street book, I owned them all, but I never owned any Christopher Pikes, but I'd read all of them at the library at the school. I'd, I'd always check them out and shit and read them. And it was weird. I never bought them, but it was the Fear Streets. Artwork was amazing. I agree. All right. So number 14 is Terrifier 2, 2022. Yeah, man. Fuck Terrifier. It's a pretty big deal these days. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, we were I, lo- I loved it. It was good. We were, we were talking about Terrifier 2 la- or Terrifier franchise last night. And so rumor has it that the new one, Terrifier 3, is going to be set on Christmas. And I was like, you know what? That's they what I get, saw too. They should just continue along because they've done the first two on Halloween. Just keep going in sequence. Next holiday is Christmas. Then it's Easter. Then it's like present, whatever. Then, you know, Valentine's Day, then Easter. Then, uh, you know, just Fourth keep going of July. Make Year's, the whole franchise. Make the whole franchise just based on every <laughs> national holiday. That would be so good. Like, I, hope, I like, I didn't even like, I don't honestly like either the Terrifier movies, but if it's Fuck really you. on Christmas, I would be so hyped. Oh, yeah. I forgot no, I think it is. I think it's official. Um, yeah. Christmas, but, New Year's, then it would be Valentine's Day and then Easter. Like you could just keep doing, you yeah. can make like 20 of these, like all based on each holiday. Like it's fucking cool, man. I can totally see Art the Clown at like a New Year's, like in the city, like oh, fest, makes- uh, like the ball dropping type shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, dude. It makes complete sense. And so does the Valentine's Day one. Yeah. To do yeah, that. I, I, Christmas, though, is going to be epic dude i hope they get more of a budget this time i hope they just like keep getting a bigger budget for these i think they oh i think they definitely will because this one was the most successful one for sure dude it killed in the theaters man yeah it did really well like i mean this they're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger yeah like i I I didn't care even though i didn't care for like i was very happy to see like this little horror movie like do well and like have all these people like it I'm just shocked that the thing got played in, in, in cinemas and it was that fucking gory. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw violent, that in cinema. Like, super <laughs> violent. Like that scene, man, with the chick in the bed. Like she is torn apart beyond oblivion, man. Like that is fucked. That whole scene was just blew my fucking mind. I was like, oh my God, people are sitting in the cinema watching this shit. Like that's crazy to me. It's really gory. I loved it. He got so much charisma, man. Mm-hmm. It's insane to have a character with so much charisma, so much, so much style, and and without saying anything. Like it's a silent know, character. Dude. It's a silent character, but he has so much personality. It's mm-hmm. just it's so incredibly hard to do. It's like Charlie Chaplin shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like silent film, are you like? It's so much harder to to keep that attention when you're not saying shit to people. But like Art the Clown is saying shit to you by not saying shit to you. You know what I mean? Like it yep. just, it resonates so well. Like you, that's a good, that's a sign of a great actor. The guy does it really yeah. well. So terrifier two, man. Uh, number 13. Oh, I love this movie. So much fun. Speaking of kid related horror, Casper from 1995, <laughs> starring the young Christina Ricci, Bill Pullman. I always like Casper, man. Fuck. It's fun. I saw that in a movie theater. Did you really? Yep. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I, I saw it about uh, the I've time always, he came I've out. Always, I've always oh, liked uh, Casper, Devin Sawa. Also, I've got the Blu-ray. I watch it every once in a while. I watched it a couple years ago, again, and it's 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 still fun. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it. Take me to that. Time, it's honestly. a small child. I've got a few Casper like made for TV kind of films and stuff like on DVD and shit. Uh, I'm a big uh, animated fan. Like I've got so much cartoons. I'm just a total fucking kid. Mm-hmm. But I love I love me some Casper. He's a, he's a, he's the friendly ghost. I right. uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see great pumpkin Charlie Brown now that Casper showed up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. 
Yeah, so Casper, number 13. Number 12 is, oh, this is such a fun movie. And I believe another one we've reviewed on this show, which is Idle Hands from 1999. We reviewed this, right? Also with Devin Sawa. <laughs> Devin Sawa, yeah. Yeah, we we did this one a few years back, I think. Yeah, and honestly, that uh, Idle Hands is one that, um, as time goes on, it, it becomes more of like a, a a cult classic for me. I think it's fun. I just love the uh, actual offspring, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was actually a very, they did that a lot back then with, mm -hmm. uh, like the American pie movies, like blink One Eight Two's in it. Like, like they were, they were doing that. They were putting the musicians in the movie. That was this era, man. The late nineties was always respecting their like pop artists and stuff and throwing yeah. them in the movies and shit. It was the soundtracks. It was just, you know, it's just product of its time, man. But I liked idle hands right when it came out. Like I, I watched it and I had, I had so much fun with it. It was good stuff still funny man it still makes me laugh out it loud. is funny it is funny it, and it, it's just a cool idea too yeah um well number 11 and one we just reviewed last week which is sleepy hollow 1999. <laughs> so, yeah so that one is constantly lumped in in the halloween films it really is it really is okay so into the top 10 what the fuck <laughs> are they are they fucking with me right now trying to sell some tickets trying to dvd sales yeah, i, I I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pre-warn you. I am not trying to fuck with you guys on this one. <laughs> okay. And like this is something. Oh my god, this is I, I don't get this at all. Uh number 10 is the karate kid from 1984. <laughs> what? Wait, what the shit? <laughs> Are they fucking like this? Is that set on Halloween? Is it's it just, like even though it isn't a traditional Halloween movie, the eighties class is still scratches and sells the kids to sit around the couch with a bowl of popcorn can suspend. What the I don't what is it and what? yeah a pivotal scene does take place on halloween i i don't remember oh like i haven't God. seen the cry i'll be honest i haven't seen the karate kid in so many years that i actually can't quite remember like, i watched it like, like last year and i don't remember that scene i don't like i'm sure it happens but it's obviously not that important if okay so this is what it is it says hey yeah pivotal scene does take place on halloween the full body skeleton co skeleton costumes that johnny and his oh, cronies wear are iconic that uh, the Cobra Kai secrets. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So as I read on, that is not one that I was <laughs> that I would think of. This is some writer has some quirky tradition where they watch like the Karate Kid like oh. every Halloween, so they put it on this list. This is literally making me laugh because this is the funniest transition ever. So that was number ten into number nine. <laughs> it's like we're, you couldn't get any more polar opposite than this than this tr this duo. House of a Thousand Corpses from 2003. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, right? House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh my god, that is uh, ridiculously funny. But that is um, a good one for Halloween, though. Totally. I've always, always got uh, that. That's one that always sticks out. Totally, hundred percent, man. I haven't actually watched um, House in a lot of years. I think I watched it last year. Mm. Yeah, I have no idea. When the last time I watched it, man, it's crazy. The more, the more I watch it again, it seems to be a common theme with what I'm saying, but, uh, it's, it's becoming one of my favorites ever. Yeah. I just, it's the characters, man. Like yeah. so much fun. So much but fun. I, I also think I just appreciate it more as time has gone on for the style of it yeah. and like the, the more grittiness of it and just the more honestly, like even like the amateurish, like rob zombies learning type of shit that's you know like it has all his music and stuff that feels w weird at first but i don't know i just think it works 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually one of the very first Blu-rays I ever had in my collection, and uh, it's still one of the it's best one of the looking best transfers too. <laughs> it really does. Like you pop this thing in, and you're like, "Holy fuck, does this ever look good, man?" It's it, it it's perfect for the aesthetic of the film. It's it's got it's got that that dark, dingy look, but it has lots of colors in it too. So yeah, it's pretty interesting dynamic. So uh, number eight, uh, another film that we've actually reviewed on the show. I shouldn't even say that anymore because I feel like every film from here on we probably have. But I don't think we're ever going to get to the Karate Kid on this uh, podcast. <laughs> probably I think not. we'll probably pass on that one. But uh, Donnie, that until like Halloween six years from now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Donnie Darko, two thousand one. I love yeah. this movie. One of my favorites. It is such love an. Donnie it Darko. is Donnie Darko. I probably mentioned when we reviewed it, but when it first came out, I was like, I wasn't overly high on it. It's one of those movies that it took multiple watches. I think more or less to like understand fully, it <laughs> probably fully more understand it and just kind of figure things out and stuff and i thought i thought our review of this was really good like we really kind of talked about like pretty much everything and like mm-hmm. kind of you know it wasn't just theories but i think it was more of like realistically what was going on and stuff like that and it, it, it in my opinion it makes complete sense yeah right? like it's just one of those things that i think it's very hard to digest for people it's but i i tell people like donnie darko is a great example of a film you just don't watch once you can't you yeah, have I've to watch it multiple quite, times quite a few times yeah yeah i've probably seen it about 20 times honestly i haven't seen it that much but that's when like at minimum like every at least every couple of years i'll watch yeah i remember i was at a fye back in 2006 maybe and um me and my friends were there we were at the mall and um it was like friday night and we were go- i think we went to like the movies or something we were gonna buy some movies to go home and watch and we talked to the guy in there and actually you know what i remember saw three had just come out so whatever year saw three came out at um and we talked to the guy in fye and was asking for recommendations and he recommended last house on the left and donnie darko and we bought that him that's a fucking g <laughs> which la- last house oh last house on the left remake didn't come out until what, it, it wasn't out yet yeah it wasn't out till 2009 so it was the, the guy that the guy that recommends you donnie darko doesn't recommend you the remake of last house on the left <laughs> <laughs> right. but uh, i remember we took we took him home and my friends hated both movies like they thought last house on the left was like awful and i was i liked it and uh then donnie darko they kept calling it donnie dorko for years but the funny thing is about that is we watched it so many more times that's why i watched it like 20 times that everybody started to like it and now now like all my friends from back then probably consider it a good like one of their favorite movies (laughs) right all right number seven is et 1982. It's been way too long since I've seen this type of real Dude, opinion. you know what? I don't even really like E.T. that much. Dude, I'm not the biggest it's, fan either. I'm sitting- apparently, I liked it as a kid, but it's like nothing I have any nostalgia towards or like ever like have the desire to watch again. Every time I bring up E.T., I always have to say that I prefer Mac and me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch E.T. for the first time until like four years ago, so... Oh yeah, so I didn't grow up with it. I grew up watching ET because it was it was one of those things that was either on TV or you had the tape or so. Like it was just everybody fucking had a copy of it, right? It was like it was like Titanic, right? It it, was a very popular movie. Every fucking buddy had it, so you saw it a million fucking. And that's probably part of it, I guess. It probably just got so played out and so sick of it, and 
And honestly, like, I don't remember. I haven't seen E.T. probably since the 90s, though. Like, it's been forever since I've seen it because I don't need to anymore. I but, mean, it does have that great Spielberg vibe to it. It does. It, it, it Of course. You know, it's, but like, it's just it's, it's not my favorite of those like Amblin movies. No, no. Like Mac and me is fun. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> it's actually really fun. It's a total ET ripoff, but it's fun. Um, number six, uh, another film that we have reviewed. Uh, Pumpkinhead, nineteen eighty eight. This is a good. I watch absolutely like that. It doesn't take place on Halloween, but it is a great October it's a perfect, watch. It's a perfect one for for Halloween. Totally. It's yeah, a perfect watch... one for Dark Harvest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Yo, let me copy your whole. I was actually going to say that, but I think we might be bringing <laughs> up pumpkin. We might be bringing up pumpkin head later on so. in the show. Dude, it's like, I, I'll i just wait till we get to Dark Harvest. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, it's like a total mashup, right? Pumpkinhead like, is such a classic. Two iconic yeah. Halloween characters. I feel like I'm watching Dark Harvest and I'm like, I feel like it's like Children of the Corn mashed up with like, Pumpkinhead and the Outsiders. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's right? actually a good description. Totally. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, we got the greasers here, we got the corn, we got the fucking, we got the, 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 you know, the, the Pumpkinhead character kind of. Th- I was, this is fucking bizarre. Anyways, uh, number five, Halloween three, season of the witch. Oh baby, yeah, great Halloween film. 1982, one of my favorite mean spirited movies of all time. I, I still can't even fucking believe like how mean spirited Halloween three is. I always bring it up because it's so funny to me that the objective is just to kill kids <laughs> like, and they do Fuck kill them. kids. It's fucking hilarious to me. Like there's no other way around it. He's just killing kids. It's just so fucking funny to me, man. That was the first Halloween film I ever seen too. Right. I hate it when I was a kid. I was like, it's not Michael Myers. Just I hated back. Michael Myers when I was a kid. And I was like, I didn't like, I remember describing this movie to my grandfather. I was like, I watched this movie called Halloween, but I probably didn't know the subtitle. I used to hate that shit on AMC. And- <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I, I, before I forget, I used to hate this shit because they used to do the Halloween marathon and they play part one, two, and then they go to four and five. And I'm like, yeah, why the they, fuck they, when they, they play? Oh, it's because of Michael. I'm like, fuck, shut up, man. Yeah. But, and I was describing and he's like, no, that's, he's like, Halloween's Michael Myers. I was like, I was like, I don't know. This movie's called Halloween. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and he just didn't know what I was talking about because most people probably just never like, like people that weren't like movie fans probably just never even seen it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But it's, it's all, and the 4k transfer is great. Uh, it's the music, the, the music, the opening and the, the music and the creepy, like, uh black suit guys and stuff it it just hits for me classic classic carpenter scores yeah oh yeah fuck number four the nightmare before christmas 93 i've always felt it more of a christmas movie personally i watched this like obsessively when i was a kid but But doesn't it take place in halloween town (laughs) yeah it's that it literally right, is a right movie that you can watch on christmas or halloween and right. it has it feels like that like it I, works i honestly it's the only think, movie like that i think i've watched this movie around halloween and christmas before so yeah you're completely right did, yeah do we ne- we never no we never reviewed this did we i'm surprised no, it, it came close a few times in the polls right um for both for christmas and for halloween i i love it i think it i personally I personally think it's like one of the coolest 
oh. like Halloween Christmas things ever. Like I both both seasons, it's perfect for. I mean, if it wasn't stop motion, I probably wouldn't appreciate or even like it as much as I do because it's like a musical kind of thing. So I don't know, man. I I love stop motion though. It just I always talk about how much I love stop motion, but this one does it really well. It has good songs. It's it's creepy. Yeah. Uh it, the world is, you know, very like Tim Burton y, like Beetlejuice oh. you know. It, it does mean? feel it's, like Beetlejuice, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think was, this is what I probably ever watch. Like it's been a long time since I've seen it, but like I just like don't have like strong or like nostalgic feelings for it. Jack and Sally are fucking iconic. Fucking rights, man. I dressed up as Jack for Halloween a few years ago. The I dressed up costume. as the Pope this year. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, number three is uh, 2007's Trick or Treats. That's just a staple. Trick or treat. Trick or treat, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always say R. It's actually one that I never, I didn't mention off the top of the show, but I, I usually watch it every year. Oh, d- d- for me, it's personally my favorite film set on Halloween, and it's yeah. my favorite anthology. Yeah. It it's just, it, it's perfect to me. Like, it, I, it just, the, the way it's intertwined, I like all the stories. Uh, you know, there's, there's tragedy, there's, you know comedy there's uh, even like dude i fucking love the werewolf scene with the sweet dreams marilyn manson song playing yeah like dude i love everything about that movie sam is one of the coolest um designed uh original characters in the last you know 50 years or something like that i have so much sam stuff in my basement now like i've got the stamp the sam you know stand-up doll and for one movie i got so much shit man he was in one movie that didn't even come out theatrically got pushed straight to dvd and he is an icon yeah yeah I've that's actually, actually met, pretty impressive when i've you actually met like sam that. before i've met sam before i got my pictures with him and shit he's a lot older now <laughs> right but uh yeah it's pretty funny actually good stories he actually doesn't remember much about the filming because he was pretty young when he did it right how old was yeah. he oh he fuck a little kid like like when i met like i met him a couple years ago and he was was it like 14 years later so he was like 20 he was like seven or something when he did it like he was young oh wow he was really young yeah yeah like he i asked he's like yeah you know it's, it's tough sometimes because like things i think i remembered like it's just you know how your memory works and stuff like he just doesn't re- he's a kid yeah right so but yeah trick-or-treat man staple it's amazing and actually it's funny because krampus is like this is a fucking it's a uh christmas staple watch for me too i love crap the the atmosphere of that movie is like second to none dude fuck love it and it's one that grew on me man because i remember when we first like that fucking you know the gingerbread the, yeah the that scene like it took me right out of it when i first i was like what the fuck just happened like the, it, i wasn't it i i can't even explain to you another movie that did that to me like the, i was enjoying it so much i remember, and I was like, I remember I was that like, because that was, was like, a rare case where you had seen the movie before like you went to the cinema and i never did and you're yeah. like we were both kind of hyped for it and you were like you were telling me about it and you're like dude i was like literally like my jaw dropped i was like so fucking annoyed yeah and i was man. too when i first seen it yeah like you it's it's grown on me incredibly and it's one of my favorites now i kept going back to it because the way it's shot and the way it's edited and like how it's so dark and i love the crap like i love i love the whole story of the film like yeah. a look like where it goes moody to and atmospheric dude it's so and like i just got over that whole thing and, and now actually when i watch it i just 
I'm just like, oh, it's the full moon part. And and like, I love it. It, it just works out really good because like the effects and stuff and it gets really gory and nasty and kids are dying and it's it's actually really fucking nasty. Like, it's good shit, man. I love Krampus. But I tell you, if it didn't have that atmosphere and that type of tone, I probably never would have went back to it and I never would have, you know, became one of my favorites. So anyways, uh, number two, which is seen a film i've seen quite a few times i've watched in a few years i think me and the wife watched this one a few years back on halloween but it's uh hocus pocus i've actually never seen hocus pocus before really you'll hate it if you see it like for the first time now i own it on blu-ray but i've just i've like literally never watched it like it's fine it's not the it's not the worst thing you'll ever see but it's like if if you're seeing it for the first time in your 30s like you're not gonna like it That ship has sailed. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. Like, I, I saw it back in the 90s, too, because, like, I had a mom and a sister, right? So, it's it's just it shit that appeals to to women more, I guess. Yeah, my witches. mom, like, relentlessly made me watch this when I was a child. Yeah. It, was it seems one. like, you know who? what it seems like? It seems like a straight Lacey Lou film. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. was like, I bet, see, if she likes practical magic, I bet she, if you like Hocus Pocus, you probably like <laughs> right. practical magic. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this is another one I always used to play on TV, too, so you'd always catch parts of it and shit. So I've, I've probably seen parts of it like a hundred times. You know, it's like one of those things. And number yeah. one, which obviously has not been mentioned yet, so it has to be that movie, and it's Halloween. From Halloween. Seven. No Great Pumpkin. No Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. They had to make room for fucking Karate Kid. <laughs> right. Like, how could you not have the Great kid. Pumpkin? Like, that's a fucking good point. <laughs> that is absolutely well, actually Charlie Brown in general is like a staple for all holidays for me. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween. Like I, I love the Charlie Brown specials. Oh, me too, man. I watch it. Like I actually have a couple of Charlie Brown box sets and shit. And I always set them up at Christmas. I watch all the things throughout the holidays and stuff like, but you got yeah. it. You got to watch the fucking peanut stuff, man. It's just classic. Yeah, you know the difference between me and Christmas and Halloween is in Halloween, I only watch horror that's like set on Halloween or uh, like um, sitcom episodes. I like too, like yeah. Roseanne and stuff. But with Christmas, I like, I watch not only the horror stuff, but I love like Home Alone and uh, Charlie Brown and, and, you know, all the, the Grinch. Well, like you all, all the all the Christmas. Well, yeah, I know you fucking watch all the Hallmark shit too. So no, dude, <laughs> the I, same way. Dude, I'm not even ashamed to admit it, man. I will watch the Hallmark and all the all that shit for like all fucking month, man. I love that shit, dude. It, it's so funny because every movie is like the exact same, but I can't stop watching yep. it. It's ridiculous. It's it's so fucking funny to me. But but you're right though. Like I watch the horror shit, and like I'll watch you know Home Alone, and I, I have so many Christmas movies that are non horror, and and obviously. Um, you know horror related stuff christmas vacation fucking yeah dude you gotta watch that stuff man like i love it i fucking love like dude like home alone one and two are so important for me to watch during the i watch uh, christmas season like i love them so much they're comforting they always put me in a good mood that's why when dave z's like i never watched home alone two and then he watched it and was talking shit on it because he's like it's over the top i'm like what the fuck are you talking about it's a sequel it's supposed to be it's literally the same movie dude it's the same fucking movie it it is the same movie but i mean it's a sequel it's supposed to be a little bit more bonkers right i mean come on but those two movies are like so important to me yeah, I watch those every year. Um, we always watch Christmas Vacation while setting up the trees and shit like that. That's another one that has to be on. I usually end up watching it a couple times during the holidays. 
yeah christmas vacation is awesome there's just a lot of good christmas movies like across all genres compared to most holidays there's just so many that i watch man like oh i love i love i love christmas horror and christmas movies it's just something about it man it just works it it makes me feel so good i watch scrooge every year too at bill murray i love that movie man scrooge yeah i've only seen that once a couple years ago he's so good in that movie man like it's just it's a great it's a great version of the story i like i like christmas carol like all kind of different versions yeah i like that story i'm a fan of that yeah story. the story is good i read i remember reading this story christmas, and oh, middle so many versions like yeah, a lot i did that too mickey's christmas carol like uh, mickey's christmas mickey's yeah. uh, flintstones christmas carol one of my there's favorites a lifetime yeah, there's a that, lifetime one a carol christmas that's a good one too the flintstones yeah, yeah. Tori spelling yeah, the Flintstones one is uh, is is I love I I don't know like all those even moons I know you probably remember the Yogi's first Christmas yep, and like yep. uh you know the the there was another one too the another Yogi one that had like you know all the all the Hanna Barbera characters there on Christmas time I remember Pac Man Christmas like oh right 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 that's crazy <laughs> I actually have a Casper Christmas movie too. If I just, yeah. but yeah, there's a Casper one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So there's a lot of movies set on Christmas for like absolutely no reason either. Oh, tons! Friday after next, dog. <laughs> right, Look, that movie's so bad. Inside, <laughs> I like it. I, Cat Williams like crunching on your balls. I think I actually wa- rewatched it last year too. I, maybe it was the year before, but I don't know, I have to check the box. But I rewatched it. I was like, oh my god. I think it's because Mike Epps just annoys the shit out of me. Dude, He's- I know. And that's like, I like next Friday and Friday after next, but I just don't like Mike Epps. Like, and he almost He's ruins those funny. movies for me. He's not funny. He's like, he's like Kevin Hart, man. They're not fucking funny. He's annoying. I've he's never literally, found Kevin Hart funny. I know, but at least Kevin Hart's not annoying. Like, oh. I actually like Kevin Hart when he's not being funny. Well, he's not funny to me, but like Kevin Hart is, is a good, like Mike Epps is just fucking annoying yeah especially his day day bro like day day is fucking annoying like, dude it's the worst care i know it's fucking bad like everything else in those two movies is great like all the other side characters are yeah. great like the joke baby joker and stuff all all that stuff is good pinky uh but mike apps just <laughs> brings them down so much fucking casper from kids is in uh friday or next friday next friday yeah yeah and he killed himself too yeah he died like right after that movie i think yeah forgot about that right roach 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 right forgot what his name was but uh yeah halloween <laughs> keep talking about christmas movies Fuck <laughs> oh man you know what's crazy man so i was like i was on indb today and uh i saw this list for like blumhouse blumhouse has made 90 movies since 2007 holy shit yeah Dude. they were fully ranked they were just ranked by the indb rating and I was like, fuck, that is crazy. Cause like if you break if you do the math, that's like five and a half movies a year. So like five movies a year. But they didn't really start making a lot of movies until what a couple years after Paranormal kind of blew up and stuff like that. But 90 movies Plumhouse has put out in 16 years. That's kind of crazy, bro. Dude, that's the that went from like a little small studio to like fucking just they they pump out so much shit. It's just crazy. So I actually went through it and like I think I'd seen, I think there were 17 movies on the list I hadn't seen. So I'd seen like what seven was that seventy three then or something like that. I didn't even know some of these movies were even Blumhouse. I'm like scrolling through. I'm like that was a Blumhouse movie. Crazy. Didn't even know. That uh, honestly, they they have a pretty decent track 
track record. The Bay was a fucking Blumhouse movie. See, this is interesting. Um, wow. So, like, the top rated Blumhouse movie on this list is Get Out, yeah, and it right. has a seven point eight. There's only three movies out of nine ninety that have over a seven rating on IMDb. I know we don't okay, take IMDb, IMDb ratings serious, well, but are, so they're Blumhouse movies. So, so Get Out. Be? So Get Out seven point eight. Split um, Split is number two, and that's seven point three. And then the Invisible Man, which is seven point one, and oh, number man. four is at six point nine, and that's the Black Phone. And number five is Insidious six point eight. But oh. these scores seem really low. Like even seven point two for Get Outs. It's also because there's probably like ten million fucking reviews. But it seems really low even for Get Out. That's crazy. But not to have you, one movie you, even in the eights. Crazy. You know what though, bro? Um, there's actually another list on. Um, rotten tomatoes that ranks them by the tomato meter yeah and it's a little bit different um but get out is number one on on it as well yep. with a 90 what 97 percent fresh wow 98 percent fresh see now that that seems a little bit more realistic to me than a 7.8 yeah and right. megan yeah. is number two which is crazy with a 93 percent fresh that well, you surprises know, me it's, it's like the thing is though it's just like it's all it is is did you like it or not there's like there's no levels right right yeah megan on this list is actually number 18. like there, like there's some good movies on here like i don't know if i put split at number two like it's just crazy like i, I can't believe I how highly rated that is fine. like but I even sinister is number like six on here oddly enough totally killer is number seven on this list but you got remember this is indb ratings what what glass is number Black eight phone. but number creep, nine, like creep and creep too those are both great yeah like happy death day is at number nine and i hated that fucking movie yeah, um, Hush is number 10, which I really liked. Uh, Halloween 18, which is number 11. Fuck. Uh, Insidious 2, Oculus, The Hunt, Creep 2, which is good. I don't know what Don't Let Go is. I don't think I saw I, should, I think Oculus should be higher. Like the Purge movies. I, I completely forgot that those are the top. I think Oculus is pretty good. Creep I hate the Purge movies. Yeah, I'm not I, a fan I, of them I either. cannot stand the first one. I don't like any. I don't really like any. No, of the first one better in the is a total cop-out because the ending makes literally no fucking sense like the stupidest cop-out i've ever seen dude lords of salem was a blumhouse like movie what it was was like they were upset that like the rich person that sold them like security systems so the other rich people could be safe were like mad that he got more rich yeah. like that's that's what it was right that was the motivation it's fucking stupid man i know there's some really bad ones in here too but i didn't realize the town there's a lot of that was blumhouse i didn't realize that was a blumhouse film what was um the town of dreaded sundown yeah and um, lords movie. of salem yeah oh, i like lords of salem a lot that's my favorite yeah. rob zombie movie. one of the worst movies i've seen in the last couple of years is run sweetheart run i even mentioned that too i was like fuck for a blumhouse like i've seen a lot of blumhouse movies and that movie was fucking trash i don't know one of the worst ones on here is firestarter i actually is one of the ones i haven't seen i actually just i was so like fuck, i'm not gonna one. watch the remake of fuck i'm and not a big fan of the originals martyrs, martyrs as well and that's another one I haven't seen. I haven't seen a remake of Martyrs because I was like, what the fuck? Like, we don't need a dumbed down American version of Martyrs. Martyrs is fucking classic. It's literally yeah. exactly what it was. I, it didn't add anything to it. I can't bring myself to watch the remake of Martyrs. I think like Martyrs is like one of Man, the Exorcist Believer that. actually has a five on here. Like, what the fuck? That movie's fucking trash. Also, Black Christmas is pretty trash. Um, I wouldn't say pretty trash. In Which fact, one? Black Christmas remake isn't even a movie it's a fucking it's a 92 oh. minute propaganda film of hating <laughs> men see that the, the problem is with black christmas 2019 is that 
like this is actually the problem with making these type of woke fucking you know social commentary type films is that sometimes you lose the aspect of what you're supposed to be doing when making a film which is entertaining somebody like there's no entertainment value in this movie it's literally just 92 minutes of propaganda it's fucking horrible it's not a movie i don't care what anyone says you're not allowed to question it i i thought it was it's not like atrocious and you know what the it's, sad it's just done so poorly. it's actually shot kind of good like <laughs> there's actually some good good camera work in it but it's just so annoying dude dude there's a right and a wrong way to do social commentary films and this is the wrong way you're just pushing the fat you're shoving it down your fucking throat constantly and constantly and constantly it's like these fucking i've mentioned this before too it's like when you're making these retro films so you're making this modern film in 2023 and it's set in 1987 and you keep reminding the viewer that it's the 80s over and over and over again why do you have to do that when we already fucking know it's set in the 80s stop overdoing it you don't need to do it you tell us once what the year is whatever the fuck it is and then move on like black christmas they just can't stop shoving it down your fucking throat it's disgusting <laughs> I got, it's I disgusting like, it's one of the worst like blumhouse if i feel like i have all, to watch this now honestly blumhouse has a pretty good tri- like they put out they don't put out like you know there's way more movies that i like than don't like it on probably out of like 90. the out of like the 73 movies i've seen like you know i mean well let's face it like i like actually all the paranormal movies which is so shocking to me because i yeah they are all good it, it's crazy well it's the it's the fucking narrative that's so consistent and it's crazy like i just can't believe what they did with that franchise but but they, they do put out besides the purge movies which i can't really fucking stand but um, overall blumhouse is pretty hit and miss because like you got exorcist believer you got green inferno which i couldn't stand um, but then you got stuff like creep and creep 2 which are honestly great yeah really really good like and then curve i thought sucked but the insidious films are really good viral i thought was a total miss run sweetheart run sweetheart the, run was the visit's was good i don't like the new halloween movies unfriended was really good i like the town the dreaded sundown sequel not remake by the freaky, way freaky freaky was really fun I didn't see that. My was okay. Um, like Ma was good. You know, like there's some decent movies in here. Uh, Cam, I thought was pretty cool. Fucking viral was all right. Bloodline, I didn't mind. The Belko experiment was decent. Not like amazing. But Ouija, Origin of Evil, the second one was really good. That was surprisingly good. Even like Dash Cam, I kind of uh, I didn't like as much when I watched it, but I kind of like in hindsight. Oh, Dash Cam was fucking true i wanted to punch my fucking tv watching that or my computer <laughs> my god i hate that that thing was so frustrating to watch the, first of all the character the lead character was but the, so but annoying the, but you the, think, the you end credit is annoying you think the end credit rapping was like kind of funny to me was the best part of the whole movie <laughs> maybe was, that's just what i remember being good it's so funny too because that was like a total freestyle right like she just like yeah and that is, it was thing. actually like it was kind of funny <laughs> but that but her character was so annoying mixed in with the really the really bad camera work and just yeah you're right it wasn't no, good nothing made sense in the movie and like it, it was just it, it was one of those movies experiences where you just i wanted to fucking hurt myself which is not good movie shouldn't make you want to hurt yourself right let's you know what it. we should do is on the next show or another show we should actually go through all of them and put if it's good or bad and see what their percentage of good bad is right yeah we should yeah just to see like and how the, many re- good, the how reason many bad. the reason why this came up for me because i was on the uh, totally killer 
IMDb page and I saw the list for this and I clicked on it. I was like, what? They made 90 fucking movies? I was just blown away by the number. I couldn't fucking believe it. But yeah. but you're right. Like, but I, I, you know, scrolling through, like, how many movies has A24 made? Like, in their, like, how long have they been a company for? I'd probably say, like, honestly, they've made 40? a lot of movies, but like, they have a lot that go, don't but go. But they haven't been a company as long as, like, I, when did A24 start up? I don't even, I can't recall. I want to say, like, probably mid 2010s. I'm not really sure, though. Right. Like it's only, it hasn't even been around maybe, maybe 10 years. If that, like I couldn't Let's just say it. 10. Yeah. And, like, and they maybe put out maybe a third of the movies. Like Blumhouse is doing 134 for a 24. I was going to say like a 24 and they probably put out, put out more? more. Oh my God. They put out That's a lot of indie. kind of crazy. I think they I put think out it's a lot those... of indie movies and they're not really like Blumhouse where Blumhouse does more production work. Right, the a 24 right. is more of like, all right, sure. We'll give you like, well, like for example, like the Safety brothers, like, okay, we'll give you a million dollars. Go do what you want. And they went and made good time. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I never really looked at like, because I, I used to be one of those guys that was always so concerned about what production company was handling the film I was watching and stuff like that. And I really got out of that in the last like 10 years. Like I don't really look at it like that anymore. Like even watching, you know, I, I can't also, remember I was watching the other day. I was like, oh, this is MGM. I'm like, oh, that's an MGM film. I think it was Dark Harvest. I think it was MGM or something like that. I was like, that's crazy. But, they, uh, they uh a24 does a lot of like non horror stuff as well yeah like mm -hmm. a lot a lot like right. half of well, their shit most, is non -horror. most of their stuff isn't horror that's a good right. point that, that's yeah. a really good point and i was thinking horror because i was like when you said 130 i was like that can't be all horror <laughs> and like some of these movies too like you wouldn't even realize they're a24 they're like just like oscar movies so it's weird like sometimes at yeah. the same company that put out like talk to me like also put out the favorite also put out moonlight right yeah, it looks like they've been around since 2012, 2013. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, okay. Interesting. But yeah, like, but still, I, I just can't get over the Blumhouse. 90 fucking movies? Fucking crazy, dude. But I guess they have, like, what, five or six franchises going in there? Yeah. Like, they got it. But I bet you Blumhouse is way more profitable than A24. Probably, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. They got fucking the Halloween franchise, Insidious <laughs> franchise. Like most of, like paranormal, I bet you, like more paranormal, than two thirds of like what is And I mean, house. I mean, that's four franchises right there, and they got a bunch of shit that's working on trilogies. Like Happy, isn't the, aren't they making another Happy Death Day movie too? I think so. Like but I thought I read Freaky something actually. Like, like I don't know if they, I think they even said they might cross over like Freaky and Happy Death Day or some shit. Oh, for fuck's sakes! God, Happy <laughs> Death Day. Uh, man, universe. that is one of the worst experiences I've had in it. Like besides the first Annabelle movie, like, oh my God, dude, I just wanted to, I, again, I wanted to hurt myself. Like it was so fucking bad. I, I don't understand the fucking love for that shit, man. It's weird. I don't mind it. I think it's all right. Well, I heard from people that the second one was better. I was like, really? I'm like, it's still not going to get me to watch it. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking yeah whatever um okay so are we still recording the show because yeah wow that was a okay that seemed like a really long intro <laughs> like really yeah, long really long intro um all right so do you guys want to wrap this up and get into some reviews or what yeah okay so yeah that's gonna do it for the intro and we'll be back in a minute here with uh some halloween reviews gia <laughs> Thank you.
Yo, who this? Yo, Modes, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, playa. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 242, the Halloween special. Um, we're going to take it all the way back to 2022 <laughs> uh, with the sequel to The Barn, The Barn Part 2, directed by Justin M. Seaman. <laughs> that name's awesome. He was also, he also did the first one. Yeah, and we reviewed the first one, and the consensus around here is most people aren't the biggest fan of the barn, except for me. I absolutely love the first barn, um, but uh, yeah. So the barn part two, quick little synopsis here: the Halloween ban is now lifted in Helen's Valley, and the sorority girls of Gamma Tay Pi, Tay Pi, I get. Place Michelle in charge of their annual haunted house. Unfortunately for Michelle, some invited trick-or-treaters from her past come knocking. Quite literally. Quite literally. So, the barn part two. Um, yeah, no. So, we reviewed the barn. I'm not sure what. A couple years back? I want to say, Maybe last year? Was it last year that we did it? The I first like barn? was a, a little couple years ago. It was, it was like, like three years. It was two or three years ago. Yeah, fuck, man. These years fly by, but yeah. So, so the barn part two. Um, the first thing I noticed about watching, and this is the first time I watched it, actually, was just you know for the show here, and I was really anticipating the sequel because I'm I'm a big fan of the first one, but you can tell that this one definitely had a little bit more budget. It had a ton of backers on this one. They exceeded their um, their goals and stuff, as you can tell, because this one right away looks better. It just it it just doesn't look as uh, gritty. This one looks a little bit more polished. It also sounds better. So the production, the overall production value of this film was astounding to me when I first popped in. I was like, holy shit, this just looks and sounds so much better than the first film. I can see why people are probably liking this one a little bit more. But you know, in my opinion, this sequel actually does everything that is that a true sequel should do. You know, from a first film, and I'll elaborate on that a little bit here. I feel like you know it it has the appropriate continuity continuity to the film this one takes place about three years after the events of the first one and what it does you know it brings back some characters and it also you know um it kind of ups the ante you know like i feel like the body count this one's a lot higher uh it introduced so we get you know the original three monsters but it also introduces a couple new um like monster characters we get like this pig man and we get like this uh this crow thing i guess which is kind of a weird one um so it adds a little bit more the corn cob guy yeah the corn cob so it adds a little bit more monsters which is what a sequel should do and stuff like that but it also it also elaborates on the lore and gives us backstory especially to the boogeyman in a great cameo appearance from um uh doug bradley from doug bradley sorry i was about to cough from doug oh. bradley <laughs> and which again which is like uh you know is 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 an appropriate thing for a sequel to do it does in my opinion it's doing everything right in this aspect here and i was really hoping that they were going to but i was a little bit surprised that they only really kind of gave you the backstory on the boogeyman but i was also thinking to myself after i watched the film i was like you know what maybe they'll give some backstory to the other characters in the other sequels they're just kind of saving that shit. but 
but yeah my first impressions of the barn i was like wow this is uh definitely a lot um it, it just upped the ante from the first it's film. more polished for sure that's what i'm saying like it, it just it was edited better it the cinematography was better it was cleaned up it sounded better but it just i i felt even for like a film you know it's it runs it's normal to like an hour 34 minutes whatever i thought the pacing was good but they just they did everything that a sequel should do like i said up the body count characters lore it added all these elements and stuff like that and i thought it was i thought it was overall pretty well done so what are you guys' thoughts on the barn um so i, I like i saw this at a, um at the, th at the at a theater which was cool um the first barn i came i was more in the middle between you and dave dave didn't really care for it too much uh you liked it a lot i was just okay on it um I, I one thing that i will that i liked right away with the barn too is like the stuff you were mentioning is i just felt like justin has gotten better as a filmmaker yeah. like he progressed which is what you want to see when you when you watch these movies you know the, these indie films and uh i like that i i like i think that the just it looks more of a professional movie which helps it uh whereas like the first barn looked a lot more like indie like shoestring budget yeah. this one actually feels like more of a actual movie and i'm not saying the barn first one isn't an actual movie either it is um i'm just saying like this looks like something you would see more in the mainstream than the first barn um i i like the i like all the cameos uh, it's cool that ari Lay layman's back um of course like uh Darcy and Joe Bob, uh, Lloyd Kaufman was funny in it. Um, there's actually a character in the film, uh, that, um, when the two girls are in the room, like doing the pillow fight and, and the, the nerdy dude comes in, you know who that is Tyler? When, what part was it? The, the two girls doing like the pillow fight in the room and then the nerdy dude comes in, and they get naked and stuff. Oh, uh, so I, don't remember but when this person came in i was like i know this guy this guy looks so familiar he was the star in bathtub shark attack yeah that's what i was literally gonna like <laughs> message carly and ask is uh -oh. like is that the same guy that was in bathtub shark attack mm. he was the yeah. standout for me in bathtub shark attack too so that makes sense i just thought i literally i was gonna like ask and then i just oh, thought it was like oh no there's no way there's no way it would be that guy yeah yeah so so he uh he's he, and 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 that's cool like that that's I thought cool that was that's really, good for him yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's one he's thing that too. that was one thing i that noticed I, one of the girls on the bed was she's not credited in the credits is the girl from uh don't fuck in the woods oh, oh really from the, from, yeah from the first one yeah oh the shit, one, okay. like Brittany bland i think is her name i right. just know because she like i i, I, I couldn't like, place her the movie last year i couldn't place her because i reckon i was like where is she from where is she? and then I never, I never looked into it that's interesting yeah. okay it says yeah, that, her name at the beginning and that's where i recognized her from but her name's like not like in the credits like on letterbox or anything oh okay that's yeah okay yeah and you know going back to the whole cameo thing i was like this is a, you know going back to like you know well the barn as a sequel doing everything right like i feel like they handled their their cameo appearances in here proper too like this is kind of like how you do cameos i wouldn't consider Ari, um Ari layman's uh to be a cameo because he's just reprising his role from the first yeah, he's, with dr rod yeah. yeah 
but yeah. I think he's pretty solid in the film. Like he's got a little bit more here. He's got more lines and stuff. And I think he's pretty solid overall. Lloyd and, and I actually Lloyd like Coffin. his Halloween speech. Like let the kids have their thing. Like, yeah, it's no, he actually does, pretty good. He does really well. He does actually really well. I think Lloyd's Lloyd. He does good as the mayor and, and Leanna Quigley plays like this religious kind of nut. And, and I thought that she was good in the film and stuff, but really, you know, and you know, of course, Joe Bob was, was fine in her role. I was surprised to see, um, um, the, his sidekicks show her boobs in the film. Like, I was like, what? Really? That was crazy. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, but yeah, Doug Bradley steals a show here. And I, I got to mention this because going, you know, talking about doing cameos properly, this is exactly how you don't waste a cameo. If you're going to get someone like Doug Bradley, you know, do something you, with you, them. you do something with them, but you also put them in a very, in, you know, a very important part in the film, too, if you want that backstory and elaborate on the on the lore of these characters and stuff. So Doug Bradley's brought in to basically tell the backstory of the boogeyman, which is the minor. And he tells this whole story. And the scene goes on for like 10 minutes. And it's he's really, really fucking good. He's he's so natural at, at telling the story. It's like he was there. It was like he he did a really fucking good job. And then after the scene ended, I started laughing to myself and I'm like, you know, what's so crazy about that fucking scene is that Doug Bradley had more lines in that scene than he actually had in Hellraiser <laughs> and he had more screen time in that scene than the whole Hellraiser movie. Because when we reviewed Hellraiser, like he's only on screen for what, seven and a half minutes in the whole movie. This scene runs longer than that. He's got more lines. I'm like, and then of course he ends the whole scene with, uh, you know, go raise some hell or something like that. It's, it's corny, but it's funny. It's a nice little shout out to Hellraiser, but but I think Doug Bradley like steals the show in the cameos here. Like it's just exactly how you don't waste a cameo appearance, but fuck me. If he was, you know, just more screen time than, uh, than pinhead. It's just funny as hell to me. It was probably more screen time than like held razor five through eight. Like totally, that. totally. <laughs> but, it, but, but we always, we, we always joked about it because like you think that pinhead is in the movie a lot more in Hellraiser, but when you we broke it down and like there's actually you can look it up and shit like he's literally on screen for like under eight minutes in the whole movie and he's like the the face yeah and he only has like yeah like something like he says like 40 words in the movie or something like that. it's crazy barely speaks he's barely even on on screen and then you look at this movie he's in there for 10 like i've always looked at like two as like more of like the big like the cenobite movie yeah right pretty interesting but yeah doug bradley was fantastic in this movie really really good job so Tyler, what are your thoughts? What, what, what do you think, Tyler? Yeah. Uh, you, so I, you watched the first one too for this? Yep, I watched them back to back. I'm about where you are at the first one. Like, I thought it was I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was great. Uh, but it's, you know, it's an indie movie. It's like, it's entertaining enough. Like, it had a couple cameos and it, it had some heart into it. Um, I think the second one is, is a little bit of, and not only in filmmaking, like you guys said, but just in general, I think it's a bit more of a step up. My only complaint, like, relative to the first one I would have on this is, like, when it kind of gets to a part where it just, like, stalls and it just kind of, like, kill after kill without really moving the story along for a little bit, where I felt like the first one had more of, like, a story I was a little bit more interested in overall. Yeah. I think the first one's a little bit more mysterious, too, because you don't really know yeah. anything about these characters at all. And this one, we get the story of the boogeyman. and But, you know, actually, the one thing, the one negative for me about the Barn 2 going back to like the monsters and stuff is that so they introduce these two new characters like this uh this crow thing and fucking this uh like pig character and shit but they really didn't utilize them much in the film like the pig character kind of shows up when they introduce him and then he shows up towards the end and then gets killed and stuff but like why 
like they didn't really utilize them that much in the film did you guys notice that like it was weird they they brought in these new characters but they didn't really use them as much as they could but they did introduce an interesting thing like the crow cob thing whatever you want to call it um yeah has like this weird ability to basically syringe something out of it and like create like zombies and shit out of it which was a kind of an interesting element to the film which i thought was just totally out of left field to do this because the first film really solely you know focuses on the three you know our three main villains and this yeah, one it's, it's like, like they, a special ability kind of like you know in the first one when um that guy had the ability to like regenerate like in the pumpkins and that's right. why they had to smash but it's kind of like his version of his special ability right but i feel like they're just creating like an army in this one like they have the ability to create zombies yeah. so like why not create this huge army to defeat all the humans kind of thing but i, I kind of like that aspect because it, it not only turned into like a straight up kind of monster film it turned into like a zombie film too it was it had these totally different elements yeah. to it and i liked the zombies in it too i thought it was a, kind of a nice touch because it really does up the body count in this film like drastically yeah, oh, for sure it's like right? that's yeah if that's the if like if that's like a bit like a big like up like selling point for you and like in a movie like this and this is definitely yeah something like you'd like more than the first it, one it i just, thought they just made a really good use out of the cameos in general like i love oh. that scene when they had quickly when they were like, when she was like, Father, forgive us, we are about to sin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, the movie does a lot of really good things, man. Like, it, it, it flew by for me. I was like, I was having so much fun with the movie and shit. I thought the acting yeah, these was are much watches. stronger in this one as well compared to the first film. Yeah, yeah I and, agree with that for sure. And, and just like the fact that they brought back some characters that may or may have not died in the first film kind of thing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But like... I mean, it was kind of, I, I, I was kind of expecting something because you don't really know what happens, right? You know, the first one, but I mean, I, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was kind of cool what they did with it. So, but I mean, yeah. they definitely set it up for a third one too. And it, it, this, this movie just feels yeah. like a totally different ball game for, uh, for, for Justin Seaman. Like he really stepped everything up in this one. The only, another negative to the film, which isn't really a negative, but which was uh, Rock, uh Rocky Gray's score, which isn't, is good as the first movie but it's still pretty it's pretty you know 80s kind of synthy and shit like that in here it's mm -hmm. still pretty good but i think the the first movie's score is so much better it's just amazing but one thing you also absolutely have to respect about this movie is this movie has the balls to kill kids on screen oh not once but twice right does isn't that like what like so you watch the barn and then the sequel read after so like when yep. you popped in the sequel and you get the recap with the campfire story at the beginning you're just like shit i just fucking watched this movie <laughs> it was just, well it was it kind of catches up to speed that like now like the characters are missing that it's years later so it serves its purpose it like it's a good way just to get the, i like it's kind of like the same thing in like the fog or it's just like it's a cool way to get the movie rolling dude i think i love opening scenes where they're like describing like what what happened in the past and shit like, i love that stuff man yeah like, i was actually shit. anticipating this movie just to pick up like right where the first one left off and it pretty much does right like it just it just tell it tells you straight up that it's like you know it's three years later technically yeah right so but it had to have been because halloween was fucking cut off like there was nothing going on and shit and the ban was lifted and stuff so then but i like how they 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 got the monsters to like to reiterate themselves into the narrative and because when they they set up their haunt at this place and stuff. They, they, they got the guests to, when they showed up to the house to knock and say trick or treat, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's simple as that, but like it works, you know, shit like that. People are like, oh, it's kind of corny, but I think it works. And it's exactly what they needed to do to get the monsters back. So it's pretty cool. But I thought the effects were really good in this too. Like, 
uh there's some pretty good kills it's fucking gory and it's it's bloody and shit like that body count is crazy high in this crazy yeah high. it did feel really high yeah <laughs> the body count at like like i said that was like almost kind of like a wait for me that they kind of just like went into body count land for a portion of the film but if like if if that's more of a selling point then it definitely upped the ante a lot for that and, and there's some like there's some nasty shit too like the one zombie yeah. when he rips off the the doctor's dick like you fucking <laughs> his dick off and shit. I'm just yeah, like, I was not expecting that. No, I was like, oh, I actually rewound it. I'm like, did that zombie just bite off his dick? Yeah, like, you I said it out loud to myself. I was here? like, he just bit off his fucking dick. I'm like, oh my god, that's ridiculous. And he bites off that girl's nipple. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I mean, honestly, really, really fucking fun movie. Like yeah, I had a super simple movie, but like it, there's a more lore. Um, I, I was actually very, as someone that wasn't like a big, big fan of the first one, I was very happy to see that this one, uh, progressed. And, and I think moods nailed it at the beginning where it, he said that it does everything that a, a sequel is supposed to do. I think mm -hmm. that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. And that's that, I mean, exactly and and i think it just and it didn't overdo it like it didn't waste so much time with telling the backstories of like hollow jack and and you know the the other characters and stuff they're just there because i kept thinking to myself i'm like if they do a part three which i don't see why he wouldn't because you know if he's going to make this part three should be pretty good too why not just you, save some of that mythology and that lore for the third one with these other characters and shit like that why yeah. not right so i i think it's i think it's kind of cool so but yeah, there was a mid scene care mid, uh, mid credit scene for the people out there that uh, have a Blu-ray and press stop right when the credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> I always find that so funny, man. When I'm in the theater and I I look up on Google or whatever, I'm like, is there a post credit scene for this movie and shit like that? And it'll be like yes or no. And so if there is, I'll stay in. Like everybody, I'm always the last person in the theater. I'm like the only one that ever sees the fucking credit scenes. Yeah, I'll do that too. I always look up and see if there is something just so I'd know, you know, to sit around. Like I did it with Saul 10. Right. I just, I just leave. <laughs> really? You, you didn't see the credit yeah. scene in Saul? Nah, I was like, I'll just look up online if I feel like what? it. What? Yeah, I just leave. I'm like, I'm not waiting. It's like one of this. my favorite parts of it. <laughs> I got places to be. It usually gives me time to finish off my drink and my popcorn or something like that. I'm just like, okay, I got like a couple minutes. Oh, I have a well, I also have a problem where it's like I get my drink and then I drink the whole thing like halfway through the movie and I'm just waiting for the credits so I can go take a leak. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I always freaking eat all my popcorn before the while the fucking trailers Man, I'm, I miss back in the day when you could like get a refill like before the movie started if you ate your popcorn before the movie started you could go get a free refill <laughs> i think awesome. they still do that but i think i'm not leaving in the middle of the movie to get i don't popcorn. know if they do i don't know if they do that anymore in my th I, in my cinema i'm not sure like the thing is too is like they saw me going there alone i can't go back out there and be like it out some more <laughs> right, i just ate this all in fucking 10 minutes <laughs> Yeah. Can I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fucking laughed so hard, man, when that fucking hybrid monster came out of this thing, man. I was like, oh my god, the mouth on that thing is so funny. Ugh. Oh, yeah, the, the triple-headed John. Yeah, the, the hybrid monster, man. It, was yeah. all, it, was, it just looks so funny, man. It was, that was, that was cool. That was a pretty cool prop that they, that they created for that. Yeah, and that reminded me of something really 80s. Like, that's something you would see in, like, the end of a Critters movie or something, you know? Right, right. Goalies. 
And, and, you know, and that's another thing, like going back to, you know, how these retro, these movies, these modern movies that are set in the eighties and stuff like that, it doesn't constantly remind you that it's set in the fucking, in fact, I don't even think it ever tells you a specific year. I think we talked about that in the original barn too, right? They don't actually tell you exactly what year it is. You just know it's set in the eighties based on the soundtrack and yeah, I even cell like, phones. I remember even thinking about that when, um, when I first watched the barn, like you wouldn't know this is 1989 unless like, if they didn't tell you. Right. Right. And yeah, it's cool. You know, you know, the, the, I think it's one of the first kills in the movie with the, with the marshmallow like that. Didn't that shit just remind you of like straight up, like if they had done this movie in 3d, that would have been like a perfect 3d kill. Yeah, like, cause it comes like right at the kill. screen. Like, I'm wondering if they were like originally going, Oh fuck, maybe we'll do this shit in 3d. And then they just, just, decided to scrap because like who the fuck wants to watch 3d man lame but yeah that that shit just like was like booyah right in your face like total 3d kill man i was like that's pretty cool as long as it's actually not in 3d not like shit like that but oh yeah the other thing i wanted to mention so the oh what do they call it um oh fuck what do they call the um the movie store in the in the in the film it's it's a dude's real collection um i think he's got youtube videos and shit like that so whatever that whatever the name of the video store is that they shot at in um it, for the film you know the part i'm talking about when they go to the movie store yeah, yeah yeah so it's a dude's collection like i think his he's got youtube videos and stuff and i guess um justin Stephen he had contacted the guy about about uh filming in there and he originally turned him down and he real and then he told him it was for uh the movie this movie and shit like that and he allowed him to do it and stuff but yeah i've actually seen that whole video store before like some i think it's on youtube or something like that man it's crazy it's fucking sweet man but i love like this the shameless promotion in there they had like all the scream team releasing movies and stuff in there like just obviously yeah plays <laughs> perfectly like the witchy now was in there and there was like a bunch of other ones and shit it's pretty cool but i love seeing old retro video stores like that with all the friday the 13th covers and all the original tapes and shit that's fucking awesome I mean, it's yeah. just nice touches like that that really kind of bring out, you know, the nostalgia factor and and also telling you it's the 80s without shoving it down your face, like giving years like it's 1987, like fuck off with that shit. Right. But they did. 100%. They do it properly. They do it properly, man. It's just it's a nice little touch. It's really quick. It's like a two three minute scene and it's just good shit, man. Good shit. But definitely a really fun movie. I was I was really taken back by I, I just can't get over how it looked and how it sounded and shit like that. I was like, wow, this is like a totally different type of movie. And then so I'm watching the credits and I was like, okay, I wonder if there's a post credit scene. And, and then I got to the backers on it. And then right away when I saw backers, I was like, we're going to see Matt's name in there, Matt Cantor, because he he backs like everything, right? He's he's always a background every fucking movie, which aka you and your horror movies, good friend of the show. <laughs> And of course, I, I I saw his name. I saw a bunch of people's names in there. I recognized some people's names in there. We won't mention on this show because they're not too friendly with us anymore. But uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, there was lots of people in there that I recognized and shit. So, but there was like fucking hundred. There must have been like a thousand backers or something, man. Maybe even more than that. Did you, did you guys actually watch the credits and shit? Probably not, right? <laughs> nope. Uh, I I think I did the first time I watched it, but I, I don't think I did this time. Yeah, but I. I it, like it, if I remember to that, it was like an Indiegogo thing or whatever. I'll watch that, and it's always mm. the same people in there. Like I recognize so many fucking names from every fucking <laughs> indie movie. It's just these people that just back everything. Yeah. And it's funny too because I remember I even told 
you guys are like definitely UJP that I, I wanted to back on this movie and I completely spaced on it and forgot. And when I finally remembered, I went to the website and then, and uh, the campaign had already ended and they met their goal. It was like way past and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, fuck, I missed the fucking campaign. So that sucked. But so my name would have been in there, but no go because I'm an idiot. I suck. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, one time I backed a movie and I was supposed to name a character in the movie and they ripped me off. <laughs> They, what's that <laughs> they, they ripped, ripped him off they never let they never let him name the character oh really that's so yeah. lame i oh, yeah. every, every campaign i've ever ever contributed to the movie never got made and i've been ripped off every time so i don't even I donate a hundred dollars to name a character and they just were like thanks for your money we're gonna never contact you what we're movie do you do, do you bro, what movie the was fucking, it the one that i still wait what are you saying what movie was that um what was like cool it was a cool dude movie was it the Amityville one, maybe? It was, yeah, well, I think it was an, I don't know, honestly. I think it was an Amityville Fucking Cool Duder ripped yep. you off? Cool Duder ripped me off. He, was gonna, yeah, was you remember this, Mids. You were, you were, you were around is, for this. See, see, now this is legit. Now this is legit because Jeremy hated Cool Duder for so unknown reasons. Now, you being Freeman, too, have a legit reason to actually hate Cool Duder. This is fucking hilarious. Well, it comes full <laughs> circle because he was going to name the character Jeremy. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! That's so. That's right. That's fucking. And now you remember the whole. Okay, this is great. Yeah, but he got ripped off, dude. Dude, that is fucking. so ridiculous. Like, what the? So Sean C. Phillips fucking rips people off. That's crazy. Yeah, it might have not been him. It was probably his campaign manager. I'm sure. Why would you rip somebody off that. for something as simple as just giving the character a name? Like, why wouldn't you let the person do that? It's literally a fucking name. Who cares? That worth their time. Oh my God. It's like so stupid. Yeah, that's horrible. It, it, and dude, it's funny because like every year for like Italian horror month, not every year, but we remember we were like following uh, Dario Argento's Sandman movie that never fucking yeah, got made that. ever. So I was like, all right, all right, we'll give him another whack at one of these. <laughs> It's so messed up because it was, I think it was fully funded, right? Which one was this? Dario Argento's Sa The Sandman. It was. Yep. Yep. Yeah, dude. It, it, and it just never, like nothing ever happened with it. No. And then like all of a sudden years later, remember we were like fucking poking around and shit. We're like, he has a new movie coming out called Dark Glasses. And then it got made and like, I legit have the Blu-ray and I'm like, what the fuck happened to the Sandman movie? Like yeah, I'm looking yeah, at I remember it right thinking here, that dude. same thing. Like when it's that came out, I was like, oh, I guess I never made that same movie. One thousand eighty-two backers. So one thousand eighty-two people gave money to this film. That's a lot of people. It made a hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars, dude. That's not. That's like federal fucking that penitentiary time. Like that's a lot of. That's fucking. That's a lot of money, dude. Yeah, dude, and it just it literally never materialized. He, you materialized, know what he did? He took dude, that fucking and money and he made dark glasses. Yeah, it changed the name. No, I don't he, even think it. I, I honestly don't even think that he had that maybe he was involved in the. Maybe campaign. it was a total fucking like it was just a scam thing. Like maybe Argento never even fucking knew about it. Like who knows with that? Like how do you? Maybe it was just some guy like, named Dario. Was there Argento. not a bigger like? I, I never really fully looked but, into it, but there had to have been a bigger backlash. Like there's so many people that that put money into this you think one or two people would like try to file a lawsuit or something like that like you think the last update came with was six years ago 
uh, that said, Dear Funders, movie posters have been signed by the Mastro. We're hmm. now arranging for them to be shipped to us from Rome. Once they arrive, we will package them up individually and have them sent to you. The process should take a few weeks. If you're a supporter who has post, post purchased a poster, you'll be notified when the posters have shipped. I wish we can get in it. Like we could talk to somebody who was a backer on this. Cause like, I'm curious if anything was ever sent, like any of the know, posters or anything. That would have been the one that I backed too, because I get ripped off every fucking time. <laughs> wow. That, that is just mind blowing that there wasn't a bigger thing. Cause dude, it's not like, you know, they had these backers and they raised, you know, $6,000 to make this indie film. It's like $200,000, man. That's yeah. a lot of fucking money. That is really crazy shit, dude. Crazy. It's conspiracy, yeah, it's man. nuts, dude. It's, it's conspiracy, man. Well, I guess we should rate the barn. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. We were talking about the barn part, too. Yeah, man. I love the, the bar, art, right? Man. The artwork is so great on it, too, man. That's one thing about these. A lot of Scream Team and shit, like, they have really good artwork. They do They do really good shit, man. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, JP, let's start with you. What did you give I, the original barn? Uh, I think I gave it a six. What did I give the original barn? Probably an eight, if I was just guessing. I can't remember. Um, I give the barn part two a seven. So it's a better movie. Yeah. Tyler, Mr. Sacedo. Uh, I have the original barn, a five and a half. That's what I figured. And I give this one a six. Really? That's probably what I would have predicted. I think it's a little, I think it's a little better. I think this one's good. It's an enjoyable movie, but I think it's just good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this, man. Like I as much as I love the first one, like I it's kind of on par for like my enjoyment, but this is definitely like a well-made indie film. It's way better than the first one. But uh yeah, I think it's I think it's solid. I'll give this one like an eight and a half. It's solid. It's really solid. I just wish the score was, man, I was like so looking forward to it. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. This is not as iconic. Well, iconic. Oh, I used the word iconic for the barn score. No, it's just not as good as the first one. But in my opinion, anyways, that is the barn part dukes from 2022. All right. So getting into the second featured film here uh from 2023 comes the lamely titled dark harvest seriously why would you call your movie fucking dark harvest <laughs> like there's so many movies with this title like even if you named it just harvest i would have been i would have had way more respect for the title it was just called harvest i mean come on anyways um Quick little synopsis. In a small Midwestern town, a deadly annual ritual unfolds when the mythical nightmare Sawtooth Jack rises from the cornfields and challenges the town's teenage boys in a bloody battle of survival. All right. So first off, this movie is directed by David Slade, who we have talked about on the show. Uh, I don't know if we've ever actually, did we ever reviewed any of his movies but we have talked about david slade david slade started out making like mu music videos and stuff and of course he ended up directing um hard candy in 2005 which is a really good uh oh he made hard candy that's cool 
yeah he made yeah it's a really good rape revenge type film pedophile fucking yeah it's good yeah i've seen hard it's a good movie yeah it's really good and then he did 30 days a night um which i've always enjoyed i love the atmosphere i love the setting yeah 30 days a night's good i think it has such a clever oh he did a twilight movie yes that's that why is, that's, that's the one yeah. that's the one that <laughs> I, I knew that we reviewed, reviewed i knew that we reviewed one of them but yeah 30 days a night has such an incredible premise it's just it's scary yeah and then he did the shitty ass twilight eclipse movie which was trash bags and this guy's got a weird fucking he did like a bunch of like tv shit and stuff and he came back with um dark harvest such a such a strange thing he did a segment in nightmare cinema yeah He's all kind of all over the place. So, I mean, overall, I like David Slade as a director. Like mm-hmm. he's done a couple of movies that are pretty good and stuff like that. Um, so my first impressions of Dark Harvest, I was like half an hour into this movie and I was like, man, this movie feels like it's a mashup of like Children of the Corn, Pumpkinhead meets The Outsiders. Like that's all I could think of. We got greasers, mm-hmm. we got corn, we got fucking a Pumpkinhead type character. And I'm like, this is crazy. It just felt the movie just felt so familiar to me and i'll be honest like i wasn't really expecting anything much out of this movie based off the title alone i'm just like i mean this movie's probably going to be super lame because it's got a lame fucking title i know that's very just silly to say but sometimes it just works out like that you know but to my amazement the narrative was a lot different than i was expecting and it was also a time piece like a, a period piece this movie set in 1963 so like 63 60 years ago so set in the 60s you don't see a lot of horror films that are set in this time in this era which i thought right there was kind of a win for me i'm like that's pretty cool pretty cool setting uh and then they get into this narrative where um basically this creature kind of like gets born out of this this cornfield and then they have to kill it before the strike of before the stroke of midnight on halloween or the creature basically annihilates their their way of living which is their crops and kills people and 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 all this type of shit so the boys of the town they have to fight against this creature and uh and then they start to learn things that they really don't want to find out and stuff like that and um it's uh i thought it was interesting but i do have a little bit of issues with it so what are your guys' first initial thoughts on this one uh we'll start with uh saucedo Okay, so regarding the title, I, maybe this is just how my brain works, but I knew it was like set in the 60s, and because of the title, Dark Harvest, I was like, this is going to be a play on the lottery. I guarantee this is going to be a play on the lottery, like the short story, the lottery, and right. it 100% was. And by the time I realized it, it was like a half hour in, and I just like, I knew exactly where it was going. But is it really like, though? I, it's, yeah, it's well, it's like it's not the same thing. It's it's a very clear readaption, but it's the same thing where it's like instead of what like you're not actually winning anything, like you're like you're not winning, you're like the loser now. Like like you're not actually winning anything, like you're the yeah, because, yeah, like yeah. the lottery is like it's like a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I had a feeling that's exactly where it was going, but yeah, I didn't really care for this movie that much. I thought it was really nice looking. I enjoyed like just like the set design. Like they, they, I like the filter and the cinematography. Like it really that part was like really atmospheric. But I kind of really didn't care for the narrative much. Um, I thought like the whole run thing was just like so ambiguous that by like the time you really figured out what the run was, I was kind of like already in the direction where I where I felt like I knew where this movie was going, and it kind of just was like an eye roll for me at that point. Yeah. Um, the creature it. 
maybe if I like was seeing something like this the first time, I would have thought it looked better. But to me, it just looked like he like put Sam's head on pumpkin head. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just kind of, there were some cool kills. Uh, there's some nice like cinematography and all that, but I wasn't really invested in like all any of the characters. I didn't feel like anybody like really like made, made like any form of uniqueness or anything memorable about their role. I thought it was like, I thought the story was just kind of by the numbers and it wasn't really add anything. It was just, it was just a little bit subpar. Mm -hmm. Uh, GP. I actually really like it. (laughs) Um, I think that it is, uh, pretty rich in ideas. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought were, were really cool, even though they are similar ideas to other things. Um, I just like the idea that this town it's like out in the middle of nowhere in the sixties, you know, like nowadays it wouldn't really play right. But like when you watch children of the corn, right. The, the eighties version, like you're like, this wouldn't really work now because like everything's so interconnected, but you could just kill off a whole town and nobody would probably notice for a while in the, in the eighties or whatever. And in the sixties, I could see this being a super isolated place and, their entire existence is is based on the 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 harvest right like and there there were a lot of places where farms where a bad harvest could literally wipe out the population throughout history you know what i mean and um i like the idea that there's this this almost sacrifice that they must do and perform this ritualistic sacrifice that they must do and perform that's kind of hidden away from what's what's actually going on and they they frame it to look like this life-changing good thing that can happen to you if you win this um the run where it completely not only changes your life it it lets you escape the 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 town which is holding everybody back but it also changes your family's life too yeah it's like it's typical corporate shit man because like it, it it's manipulating the system you know, they, they tease them with, oh, you can win this, you know, $25,000 in a Corvette and, you know, you get to start this whole new life somewhere else and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, I get yeah, it. And, and, you know, I could see how, you know, cause not everybody is in on this, you know what I mean? You, you pretty much get in on it when, if you're someone who wins and then it's like the, the leaders, of the town are pretty much the ones that are in on it. That's so. actually one of the problems I have with this movie because I think you're totally bang on with this one is really rich in ideas, but the problem is for me with this film and it doesn't, it doesn't always happen with all these type of movies. Like we've talked about this before where, you know, there's some things that don't need to be explained in in certain films and it just works for that movie. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in this movie, there's certain things that aren't explained that actually hurt the narrative in this film because it just, you once the movie's done like what happened for me i was like oh you know that movie was pretty good and then i started thinking about it like a couple hours later i was out doing errands and stuff and i was thinking about the movie and i'm like wait a minute i'm like what the fuck and like i just it started bugging me i was thinking about the core narrative of it and you know what's actually happening and i'm like what the fuck i'm like it actually doesn't even fucking make any sense because there had to been a start Mm -hmm. to this vicious circle that that they're involved in and like almost like this time continuum because they have to we have to re-up this every single fucking year but there had to have been a start to it and i'm thinking to myself going well where's this like this is the type of movie that it needs a prequel it needs to explain exactly where 
what this curse is and, and who's the guild and and what exactly yeah. happened with this monster where... because in theory the same people that are invested in this town are the same people that are in theory just going to destroy your existence so if you look at that premise it's like what the fuck but it had to have started somewhere you know what well, you know what I, you, the way that i took it is like that it's like a cross between like you know just think of like in actual history right like there were you know sacrifices in like in history where 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 you you're it kind of doesn't make sense but there were were things that were sacrificed to gods and and right. people and animals and stuff like that so i just look at it like it was this long history of of sacrifice that sort of like the but if way you look, it, but if you look at it like that the, the starting point it's not like they just sacrificed some person one day created this monster only to like almost annihilate their existence themselves it had to have been because they talk about how the town has a curse on it and they they mm -hmm. distinctly say over and over again that the p if you're born in this town you cannot physically leave like they actually talk about you physically can't leave the town so like it's like they're stuck in this fucking vortex in this bubble so but they do allow people to come in because the girl in this film she distinctly says that she's from out of town and that's why she's able to leave in the end too she's the only one that can leave right so she's yeah. not part of this curse so like there's a story there but what the mm -hmm. fuck is the curse like because like i said you have to have started somewhere to start sacrificing your own people because you're not going to sacrifice something and create this this mythological character that's if, if, you know that's going to be born and, and annihilate yourselves like it's just there has to be a start to it like the more i think about well, it, the, the way that i take it is is and and you know just filling in the blanks here like what it could be mm -hmm. is like it could be you know hundreds of years or whatever of of sacrificing people to whatever demon or god or whatever this thing is and then you stop and don't do it and then basically it uh you know that's when you find out what happens when you don't do it and um like the way that it the 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 way that the person who well i don't want to spoil shit you know i know I mean, this so. one's a little bit hard to talk about because so <laughs> yeah. you like so like when you sacrifice a person like is it an entity that's that's possessing this thing because the because the, the person's still that person inside that like it's clear as day right like it, that well, person knows that, way, that right they they know that they're the the sawtooth jack at this certain point because there's a scene in this film where it's clear as day like the, the person knows what it is mm -hmm. and stuff like that right like it's yeah. you know it is what it is but like it's so, it, it, like, like but if you if you kind of look at it like the pumpkin head rolls mm -hmm. right which is like okay it's just like a continuous cycle of you know at the end of Pumpkinhead, you see what happens to Ed Harley, and it basically becomes the new Pumpkinhead. You know right. what I mean? So, uh, and it's it's kind of, and you don't really know where that started in Pumpkinhead. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it, you kind of just have to take it like that. Well, the the difference between this and Pumpkinhead is that, like, to have the to, to have the backstory and have the the start of this vicious circle is kind of crucial because because like because like i said it, it's their whole existence that is in in jeopardy here and like they're using mm -hmm. their own people like you you kind yeah, of but you're looking at it like they started this thing no but i'm but, no, but i'm saying no i'm not saying that they did i know that they didn't start this thing i know that they're, they're but i want to know how it got started because otherwise it just seems like 
there's there like the whole start of it's just missing from the narrative you know what i mean like we and i understand that they have to sacrifice and they have to do this thing and there's only certain people that know because everybody can't know what's going on because they just wouldn't fucking do it right <laughs> nobody'd want to win the lottery mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah but, I, I i agree with that like it i think really it just i think it's just one of those things where it like yeah i'm, a, it, I'm it, to have a good harvest this really must happen me. Yeah, that yeah. part didn't really bother me. I just kind of looked at it. I was like, okay, this is this town, this old, like, standing tradition. But I do think, like, in a similar way to, like, where Moots has an issue with the movie, I feel like it, like, tried to cloak itself in ambiguity for, like, so much, so long of the movie that, like, it got to a point where I was just, like, uninterested. It was like, all right, where is this going? And didn't, I didn't even, like, care by the time, like, they got around to saying, well, this is what's going on. Yeah, I, I kind of figured. I was 30, very interested in trying to figure out what was going on. And I, I think I about thirty minutes into the film, I was like, "Okay, I think I pretty much know where this is going." It didn't. That didn't. Yeah. Hurt, that that element didn't hurt. Like going back to like the whole scream thing, where it, you know sometimes predictability can totally hurt a film because I think yeah. It should, but in this one, it didn't really hurt it for me. It was more I wanted to know more about like who the guild was and like i wanted to know there's so many questions i had i wanted to know what the curse was and why there's a curse and like and exactly why this thing is like in this weird time continuum and there's like i had just had so many questions because i was really invested in the film like i thought it was really well done and i liked the aspect of what they were doing um but you know i i don't know man i just it left me with so many questions it was bugging me I, I, I guess think for me it works because of the history of like harvests and sacrifices right. and stuff. It just fits to me. It just feels like something that it's like the the stuff that people used to believe about like we must sacrifice blood to make our crops grow and stuff. It's yep. just actualized in this movie. You know, it's the 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 thing that they're sacrificing to is real in this movie, whereas in reality mm-hmm. it was just people's like ideas and imaginations. You know. Um, and I just, I, I, I get where you're coming from about how it's, it's a little bit like you have to feel you, you have to assume a lot of stuff and like sort of, uh, make your own backstory essentially. And, and it, I, I think that it probably could have benefited from, um, you know, the history of it, but at the same time, like the stuff that they tease, like the story that the sheriff tells where he talks about the one fucking time we missed in, in nine years or something like that. Like so, so much havoc came from it. Um, I like that idea because it feels, it, it, it feels like folklorish. Like it feels like, uh, you know, it feels like what you would think of with like, um, you know farming you know and and the whole history of of that and you know i i think that uh, and i like the the setting in the 60s i think it feels feels actually feels pretty pretty good um there's actually uh, a lot of like surprises i would say that i didn't really expect it to go certain ways like especially like the very like last scene i really didn't expect for it to happen like that yeah um well, i also I kinda, thought but that I the dad did was the- a pretty good actor and and like his whole like coming to grips with everything and and trying to pretend like everything's okay i thought the mom did good I like the whole, I, I thought, I thought the ending was, was going to happen because they'd stressed that they can't leave the town anyways and stuff like that. I feel like it was going to be one of those, you know, cabin in the woods moments where, you know, he goes to jump the fucking thing and then it's the fucking the invisible wall kind of thing. But well, I actually was unsure if they actually couldn't leave the town or yeah, it was who knows? just like, it's, it's unexplained it real- yeah. said that way, but I was actually, I was almost like hoping that they would have like 
like fell off a cliff driving or something like because i just thought that it would be like weird you know what i mean oh you mean it, like the whole fucking uh cemetery man shit yeah yeah <laughs> like just the end of like the, of earth you know what i mean right. like the earth's flat type shit um but uh i think that I, you, you know and and the the creature itself it, it doesn't look amazing or like super cool i think the body of it looks actually better than like the head like i think that the like skinny like scarecrow look works but i just think that the the head is so was it like practical basic. body with the cg head was that it felt like it there, it felt like there was some practicals in it but it was a lot cg yeah yeah for sure yeah so dark harvest is actually all shot in canada it's shot in winnipeg and um i looked it up because when i was watching i was like man this looks like the fucking prayers in canada and sure shit it was so it makes complete sense because like if you know anything about that area it's just dead flat there's not even a fucking mountain anywhere like a hill it's just you can see for miles and miles and miles it's crazy so it was kind of a cool location to do that and shit so i think the biggest the the, the the like one of the things that i feel like doesn't really work for it is the fact that this happens every year because it's just like dude well, you, you would barely get time to relax by the, the time question. you gotta start prepping for the next one it's just the questions i like you know like i said you know so we got our main character here and like he's he's totally like that rage against the machine type character right he's a he's a greaser he's an outcast he's like you know fuck the court like he he's all about fuck the rules kind of thing right mm -hmm. And, but he's also not the type of person that is going to just like savagely destroy his surrounding and his, and his, you know, where he lives and shit like that. That's why, like, going back to the whole reborn thing and stuff, like, it's got to be some type of like children of the corn, like he be, or, um, what is it? He behind the rose or what the fuck is it called? He who walks behind the rose. He who walks behind the rose. It's it's kind of like that thing that going back to the whole like evil entity thing, or is it just like a standard evil thing? Because obviously when this thing comes around next year, he's going like he possibly is going to be this thing. I mean, like as a person, he he's not the type of person that is going to go and wreak havoc. So he's got to be almost manipulated by this type of evil and stuff like that. But that's yeah, that, I think it's like a pumpkin head thing, right? Like when like yeah. it, it just it it it. So it's evil from the are. corn. It's, it, it just comes from behind the rows. Interesting. Like, so interesting. Did you guys watch the post-credit scene for this one? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Because like that kind of like explains it. I thought. Yeah. Like how it gets growing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think the thing that was shocking to me is like how violent this fucking thing was, man. I wasn't expecting it to, to turn like. <laughs> Dude, there's some vicious fucking kills, and it's like the one part yeah. where the guy's like, he's like, oh, are you down for this shit tonight? And the guy walks up to him and just chops his fucking head in half. Yeah, that was like, that was like, that was the purge, man. I was like, a hell of a way for it to come out of the can. <laughs> I started laughing when I was watching this movie. I'm like, dude, this movie's just, it's disguised as a purge movie. It's called Dark Harvest. The fuck, it's basically a purge movie, man. Fuck yeah, it. and just getting annihilated in this. Like, there's some ridiculous the scene scenes. where they're in the bunker and and the kids outside. That that's, that was actually kind of sad. <laughs> explain that shit to me, though. Like, where? Why was this bunker like in the middle of just the road? Because it's the '60s, dog. What the fuck? This is so random, man. This is so Dude, remember, remember, like in the 50s it wasn't even someone's about like, nuclear fallout, right? Like, right. Oh had yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But it was like it was like right on the side of the road. It was just the craziest thing. Like, yeah, that's fine. That was the community bomb shelter. Yeah, right. That, it probably was because there was community bomb shelters back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
but they touch uh, the, on a lot of things in this like they talk they touch on like you know corruption and, and corporation racism. shit and like racism in this film and like there's the, there's that really great scene where he's like yeah so are you going to the uh the so-and-so dance night and she kind of looks at him and kind of like almost rolls her eyes and he's like oh yeah right because you're yeah, black you're black you're not allowed to go yeah so it, but it's like 1963 and, and the racial tension was fucking real right like yeah. it's but you know they, they do downplay i mean they don't really go i mean the movie's not really about exploiting that and stuff like that but you know it's definitely downgraded and stuff because i was there's a part in the film where he's like oh are you making it with that negro and i'm like there's no yeah, way yeah. they were saying that <laughs> n-word in 1963 they were using the hard end yeah, with, a, with yeah, a hard right, r exactly so they, so they I, did I, so they I'm did fine with that them route. doing that we get the point yeah totally oh, and, totally. I and i thought about that. it too and i was like you know what we've had enough of this shit in the past we don't need to fucking exploit this anymore and yeah. stuff but i'm just yeah. saying if you wanted to be really realistic right, right. nobody was talking like that right um and i think uh, actually you know what scene is kind of weird to me it felt mm. like a little off almost but i kind of still liked it was when the, the the montage of all the kids like locked up in their room for three days <laughs> right when they're like flipping out like i need some fucking food <laughs> so that's actually one of the questions i have about the film mm -hmm. what in the fuck why is it like all of a sudden like on this night does everyone turn into like a raving fucking zombie and and, and just has like this like it's like they're start like what what's up with the eating I, well, I think they <laughs> they starve them to make that because it's so important that they kill the fucking thing that they don't give them any food so that they and they fill the the thing with candy so that they actually like but make like effort how, to. But like, how do you starve people it? for like three? Like, it makes it, it, that part of it just made no sense to me. I'm like, maybe they're just trying to make them like angry and get the testosterone pumping. But I you, guess so, that, right? It's, 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 it's like it's like a it's like a it's a military tactic, right? Yeah, to, like, they were you acting know. like raving zombies. Dude, I know it was man. funny as shit. Well, I think that's like a real point, though. Is if you were to like starve them, like they'd be weak and they wouldn't be able to. That's like, run exactly what I. But it's only three days, though. I have written that's I have a, that written oh, down that like. I'm three like, dude, days i'm like dude if you were fucking starved for three days like i'd have no energy i'm yeah. like you'd fucking die you'd like, live but like you want you would have no energy to be no dude i i've actually not eaten in three days so i oh, can tell you're, you you're insane that's, yeah, that's well i was i was living in a drug house so <laughs> there's yeah. no food <laughs> oh man one thing i did love man is that they played the skyliner song uh since i don't since i don't have you they played that song a few times in the film i absolutely love that song yeah, the, actually, the music was really good in the film. Yeah, Guns N' Roses actually covered that song on the Spaghetti Incident on their cover record in the early '90s. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, um, yeah, but I mean, I'm kind of done on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a little bit hard. I mean, cut minor spoilers in this one, but this wasn't a tough one to talk about without <laughs> giving yeah. too much away because. Or else you got really nothing to say about it but you know overall i thought it was i thought it looked really good like it it had a great kind of feel yeah, to it good look for sure small town good atmosphere it was a lot more violent than i was expecting bloody i thought the creature looked okay like i'm kind of like iffy on that it was it, it had a good start to it but yeah the head was a little bit fucky in that one and i don't know i just have so many questions i just wanted to learn more because i was i was really invested in it and i was like i kind of feel like this is where it's going and stuff and it kind of went there but i was like i still enjoyed the film overall um like i i mean i did hear from certain people that this is like one of the best of the year and stuff like that i'm like i don't really know if i'm gonna go down that road um but they but they had some cool shout outs and shit like that in the film like um they had the the boris karloff and vincent price double bill on the matinee sign and mm -hmm. shit like that that was really cool to see 
Yeah, um, I remember pausing and trying to like see the move the posters in the theater. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, they touch on the actually the one part in the film when the when the dude calls the Mexican a beaner. I started laughing. I'm like, JP probably even laughed out loud at that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's fucking just blatant racism right there. It's horrible. But and again, they actually did something that I was like, I was like wondering too because I was like, I was like, why don't somebody just get a fucking gun? And they did. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> why didn't we start with this? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it makes um, complete Tyler sense. rating. Um uh, overall I think this one's pretty average. I'm gonna give it a five. Or wait, was it wait, I'm supposed to go next, right? Yeah, it was you. Oh, I fucked that up. Sorry. Uh he gave it a five. I'm giving it a seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a half. Um, one part, another part in the film that made me uh, laugh. Actually, speaking of the uh, the Mexican guy, he there's a part in the film where he goes running home and he's just like crying and crying and crying, trying to get in the house and stuff like that. I'm like, that was totally JP during this uh, during this purge. Dude, that part was like sad, man. <laughs> dude, and then he gets His fucking mom, annihilated. Like, rejected him. She's like, make us proud, and I'm like, oh, dude. Because everyone was capitalist, man. They like, wanted please, that. mommy, I'm scared. It, it's just like a take a, a hardcore capitalism, like willing to like almost sacrifice. Well, I mean, I guess certain people didn't know and stuff like that. But I mean, it was to the point where it was like certain people are willing to sacrifice their own just to get ahead and stuff. I'm like, man, that's capitalism. That's fucking at its lowest form right there. But anyways, but it's, it's not just to get ahead, though. It is also to like survive. Yeah, but sacrificing like you. I mean, we. If you I willingly mean, knew that this is not, they're not going to a better place. <laughs> like, it's pretty well, but no, up. no, I, I get the sense that most people in the town do not know about. No, that. Yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm saying most people didn't. It was like the guild. The, there were certain people that yeah. knew what was going on yeah. and stuff, and obviously the cop was part of it. Like, you know, yeah, and they, I felt they don't like really, his parents didn't know until his brother won. Yeah, they don't exactly. Right. It reminded me of like parents who would send their kids to war type. But thing. that's why they t they they really they went out of their way to like tell them you don't fucking do this shit, right? Like you don't right, you right. got nothing. Yeah, to prove. it made sense. You got nothing to prove here. You know your brother won it. Like you can't win this shit twice. Like you know blah 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 mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, it was, I mean, um, I'm gonna come in at a seven out of ten on this one. Cool. Yeah. So. All right, so that is uh, Dark Harvest from uh, 2023. <laughs> Hate time travel movies. They never make any sense. All right, so getting into the third and final film here. Uh, from 2023, we have Totally Killer. All right, so quick little synopsis. When the, when the infamous Sweet 16 killer returns 35 years after the first murder spree to claim another victim, 17-year-old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987, determined to stop the killer before he can start. Yes, so like we mentioned before, this is a Blumhouse film, and it's like a... If you take a fucking slasher film and mix it up with uh, Back to the Future, that's pretty much what you got here. Yeah, pretty yep. uh, pretty interesting match mashup. I mean, that's two reasons why I thought this movie was pretty decent because I like slasher films and um, I'm a huge time travel fan. I Back to the Future is like my favorite trilogy of all time. They've actually mentioned Back to the Future a couple times in this film, which is kind of cool. Um, but why not put the two together time travel and slashers come on man 
Yeah. And I, I also will say, like, the comedy aspects actually, like, fucking worked for me. At first, I thought it was going to be, like, this woke shit that was going to get on my nerves. But it actually almost makes fun of modern day and how people are by comparing it to how people were in, like, the 80s, right? It's like, exactly what he's doing. <laughs> I was so confused what he's even doing. Because, like, that was, like, my main, that was kind of, like, my main complaint about it. It's like I don't even know if it's like trying to be woke or it's trying to like just make fun of all like, all these old tropes. But like I'm so sick of this trope. I almost, but I feel like it it's yet. almost making fun of the modern tropes. I feel like it was that. half and half. I think it's I think it's making light of it. I mean, it's yeah. taking kids from this generation and what they've what they've grown to known, which is today's woke society and stuff like that. And a little bit poking fun at it and stuff like that because they, they she kind of does it over the top when she goes back in the eighties. She's like, yeah, oh, it's that's so, so rude. over the top that like it can't. But just I think it's done on purpose. I don't think that they yeah. flooded. I don't think they flooded the screen with just overdoing it. I think it was done on purpose. Like the scene where you know right away when she gets in the car with that mother who's smoking in the vehicle with her kids with the windows up and shit and like this is the eighties. You know, kind yeah, of thing. dude. Like, yeah, it's just right dude. away. It's like it's it's making it's making fun of how ridiculous that time period was right yeah. and like and just how fucking mean her, her mom was and stuff and, and like and just the way people talk to each other and just you know how everything just kind of went and stuff i mean it, it, it continuously happens throughout the film but it is poking fun of like you know that time period and also making light of how people are in today's world because people let you know every time you're you know you're doing something that's not politically correct right well yeah but, and even even just like how like whenever she's like yeah you know i just transferred here or whatever and the the teacher's just like okay and just gave her the shit she's like she's expecting to have to like come up with a huge elaborate thing yeah when like in the 80s people just don't give a fuck it's like okay you're a kid you're in school what the fuck there's no big deal yeah you know exactly. what I mean? when she's talking to the guy at the ride and stuff and he's like yeah yeah i'm just gonna go on my break and he's like yeah she just totally left yeah, yeah. just left me yeah, yeah, to a- do whatever there was oh another God. part too where she goes to ask what class someone's in and she's like plans to make this big you could tell she's like knows from in modern yeah. time third period to really like push it and like the the the, the, the secretary just don't give a fuck she just flips everything room like literally and, third period know. gp or p and she's like okay <laughs> like, what the fuck? but it was more simple like back then you know what i mean like nobody right. like it's it's the classic thing where you say like people in your neighborhood like didn't even lock their doors you know what i mean like right. you could just walk in someone's house like screen it, door it did make me laugh that that she was an exchange student from canada from prince edward island i was like that's fucking hilarious that is funny but it's actually funny this movie was fully <laughs> I, dudes, the dudes the cops like sounds that sounds made, made up. up yeah it sounds made <laughs> up. this movie this movie was actually completely the cops uh, made me laugh i like i like the cops a lot they were funny yeah um yeah this movie was completely shot uh just down the road from where i used to live actually and uh i used to live in vancouver well in burnaby and it shot at the bridge studios like the whole film i was like that's crazy so anyways i literally i just live right down the road from it it's fucking awesome but another canadian shot film but uh yeah so what are you guys you know overall thoughts on the film i was pleasantly surprised actually how how well they okay so this movie runs about 146 and you're looking at the runtime going okay okay but it's hard to make a short time travel movie because you have to you have to balance it out right you have the the time travel stuff and you got the present stuff and you have to make it work so everything does seem a little bit longer this is the second time i've watched in two weeks because i actually watched it a couple weeks ago and i wanted to rewatch it of course for the show and stuff it it flies by for me man i think the time travel stuff is really good 
um, that make light of it and stuff. I, I really like the, honestly, the dialogue in this film. I think it's like, it's just, it's that perfect blend of like realistic and, and kind of reality. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's toned down to the point where it's like you said before, it's almost making fun of like, they're making light of what's going on here and there and stuff. Yeah. I just really like the balance that's in this. It, it has a really nice flow to it. I think they didn't try too hard with a lot of the jokes and stuff. And, you know, like she says things and, and you're just like, okay, but I really like the conversation about, she's like, you don't seem too, you don't seem too, you know, uh, uneasy about me showing up, you know, about this whole time travel. And she's like, well, if you know, if you invent time travel, you got to expect someone's going to come back from the future. So right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, you know, it's, there, it's, there's actually some clever aspects yeah. to the whole time travel thing. Cause really? I mean, I love time travel two moods, but I mean, back to the future trilogy is like one of my favorite things ever. Mm -hmm. And I thought that the one thing that I actually like that they did in this movie is every time travel movie. And I mean, all of them, they make such a big deal about the butterfly effect and like changing one thing where in this movie, they're just kind of like, ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like I might've just fucked up my parents, have, well, you know, relationship. I, I think that's one of the most clever things that they did in this movie because they do bring up back to the future. And I like the cops and he's like, yeah, no, I haven't seen back to the future. And he's like, yeah, you should probably see that one <laughs> thing. But yeah, but when she asked her, when she asked her friend's mom, which is the, the kid's the same age, whatever she's like, well, what happens if, you know, I don't like, if I don't change it or whatever, like if her parents don't get together and is she like going to disappear? And she's like, no, you'll still go back, but you just won't have any mom. They totally dad. explain it. She, she literally says, she goes, no, that's one thing that back to the future got wrong. See what happens is you won't just disappear. This isn't magic. You won't just disappear. You'll go back to your, you know, your, uh, your present time but you won't have a life to go back to because you were never made. You're just, nobody will know who you are. And I'm like, Oh, that makes complete fucking sense. Yeah. I right? like how they did that. I was like, Oh, that's yeah, that different. I sense. like it. Yeah. It made complete sense. And I was like, Oh my God, they, they explained away something that was so confusing for so many. And like in like two seconds, and I was like, Oh yeah, that completely makes fucking sense, man. <laughs> And so, I thought it was, I thought that I like the, I thought her mom was like really fucking funny. It, it, it was kind of like back to the future where Marty like is like surprised at how his mom's acting, but yeah. it's like, it's even more in this one where she's like, yeah, and she keeps like her mom is like fucking about to fuck this dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> that right. her future dad or whatever. But it's like way too early, and she's just like, "You're too horny." Like I, it actually made me laugh a few times. I like the part when she's like, "Man, I'm not really changing anything except for the order they're being killed in." And another thing, I actually didn't see any of the reveals or like the end. Like I didn't predict anything. Well, the 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 killer, like the, the first killer. I was like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I didn't predict any of it." But I like how they 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 explain why that person was doing the killing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then the breakdown of it was like ridiculous because they kept referring to the one girl as like fat whoever, fat Trish, <laughs> fat, fat Trish. Trish. That's such an eighties name. I'm yeah. Like, and, she, and I like when she turns around, she goes, "You can't keep calling her fat Trish." And she's like, "Duh, she's dead." <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I love I love that part where. Or like nobody understands why you can't do something like you can't say like when she's like like what did you just want to les out all weekend like <laughs> like it's just funny because like people yeah. just didn't care right, right. Like there was no like you didn't have to watch there, what you said there was no filters there was literally no filters and she's like yeah, no I, I was say like what would be wrong with that 
And then she quickly like <laughs> yeah. she's like no 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 not Liz not the homophobic thing blah blah, blah. I'm just like oh she, yeah God. she's like it's not gross like the gay like being gay is not gross it's just like the homophobia <laughs> like yeah dude I think the one of the fucking funniest parts in the movie though man is when the dude knocks her over and fucking belches in her face and it goes on for like 10 seconds dude i'm just like oh my god man that's so gross i, I think like, i i think i nailed what i like about the way they handle the woke stuff versus like the traditional stuff yeah. is they're not saying either one is wrong to be more conscious or to be more free and that's no, I what i like about it it's what's that i didn't i didn't feel like that at all what like i'm agreeing i'm agreeing with you i mean Oh, you are agreeing yeah, with yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. agreeing with you. I feel I like it's feel like I feel like it's 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 setting it's setting the it's telling you that, you know, these were it was different times. Yeah, it's like this was different and like and it's just how things were. Just because and like, this, this is girl, how it was in nineteen eighty doesn't make it completely I mean, when you look back, you're like, Well, that's a little bit silly, but it doesn't make it necessarily wrong. It's just the way things were, but it it's totally shedding light on that. Like yeah. how people are today, like, you know, people are a little bit more respectful of people and yeah, and things like that. Like they shed light on that. And that's just But the it way even just shows how conditioned is. she is to like watch what she how important it is and how much of a regular part of your life it is to like be that way right and and that showcases with the 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 time traveler right because she it's so ingrained in like how society is that right. it's constantly part of what she's thinking whenever yeah. she's interacting with these people mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> dude, her, her mom her mom is as a teenager was the funniest shit though man she was oh, i loved her she was like, rude it, so it, was, rude. it was so great like the, the way she talks to her mom and you know and just yeah. like and i love like with time travel stuff too like knowing like okay well the this person has a bad relationship with their mom and then you kind of see why you know what i mean and then you see how that changes when things change you know what i mean right, right it's right. cool uh, and um honestly dude this movie completely won me over like i would i was kind of rolling my eyes at it right at the beginning because it just felt like another like teen like happy death day freaky like just like another one you know what i mean and i was just like ah we're doing this again I, and then like it started getting really funny to me and i was like and then the time travel stuff was actually cool and i was like this is and the stabbings are pretty brutal too yeah man like 60 yeah, the kills are the kills are pretty good dude i kept laughing about the blowjob shit man like, i don't get blowjobs you pee out of that thing <laughs> i was like what the <laughs> dude <laughs> i like that i like the part and, when and, and the funny part was like maybe if she had given blowjobs she'd yeah. still be alive and she's dude. like I don't, I don't think that's the lesson we should take from yeah. this dude i laughed so fucking hard at that man actually you know i actually enjoyed this movie more the second time i watched it. i really enjoyed it the first time but watching it again i was like man it still works pretty fun yeah because you watched it twice that's right. yeah the dialogue is great in this man like she, the lead character she's really good she's really good with her delivery in this man she doesn't overdo anything i think it's just it's perfectly done it's really good and i thought i thought like the reveal was really interesting and then what happens after the reveal was really interesting too and uh, i like the whole mm. fact of like <laughs> the killer instinct lead singer and like in like Oh, and that was the other thing I really liked about this film too, was the fact that when things were being altered in, in the past, it was changing the future as they as were, it as happened, it was still progressing. Yeah. And the way they explain how time travel is with the river metaphor yeah. was actually very, it was, it was so well done and so easy to understand that it just made everything work so well.
right? Mm-hmm. And then, so once I explain that away and then shit's changing in, in the future and stuff like that, I'm like, okay. But man, dude, like when the Killer Instinct poster got changed to like that, like, fucking religious thing i started i i started <laughs> thinking of south park man like the religious oh my god dude i was pissing myself man it's so funny <laughs> this is fucking hilarious man <laughs> yeah so dude. good but but like what happens after the reveal is just it's just bat shit dude it's fucking bat shit man i was like this is nuts so but, i i get the sense that you didn't really care for this movie too much tyler no i'm okay with this this movie so what I, you- I think well, so uh, for the most, I'm kind of mixed on it, but I enjoyed it. But like, I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed the story um, and the characters for the most part. Like, I was invest, I was invested enough in it. I think overall, there's like some issues. Maybe I was being a little cranky about the like the whole like old old time so bad like everyone's so sensitive now thing. I think it's just like a trope. Like we're seeing more now that I'm just getting a little sick of. That's maybe more of a me thing combined with the whole just like. I feel like there's like been like now like a, a long running wave of like like re- um Stranger Things inspired like retro worlds. And I think I'm yeah, just like definitely. that's enough. Like and I think these things combined together, I'm just a little bit kind of, a little bit tired on. But like as far as like the like the story, what I thought like I thought it was like an interesting idea. Um, I enjoyed it enough. I like the characters enough. It's like I wasn't bored watching or anything. The were the runtime is definitely not any of the issues I had with this. Um, some more some of the knocks on it just kind of like i guess we'll go do with the time travel like um if she's like going back and talking to her mom in the 80s and there's these pictures of her from the 80s like she but she doesn't recognize her daughter like as an adult but i thought that didn't really make a lot of sense yeah that's like every yeah like, so it's like, yeah, just mean, like even with back to the little... future you're like how would you not remember calvin yeah Klein so there's like a couple in, like, in, like, like, in like there's like i don't want to like spoil but there's a spoil like anything about it. but there's like other things like in like in kind of in line with that where i'm kind of just well, like that kind of does there's always those little things in time travel that that are problematic yeah. but i mean it just thing little things like that don't really bother me man it's I such th- a fun concept that it's worth like sacrificing that yeah. little bit of logic right to, in, to, it's like, like it's like when we talk about italian films and nightmare logic it's like we just chalk it up to nightmare logic and you just leave it at that you know i think one thing that this movie really did well was the casting of the younger versions was so fucking spot on man yeah it's almost freaky how well they did it <laughs> like all these guys they were like perfect fucking they they were like literally the teenage versions of the it was crazy i thought it was really well done man really well actually one yeah, part that of this part film, one of my favorite the, the, like, the black I, dude I was the cop so much the cop was my favorite the black dude was my favorite like he's like he's like i drive better when i'm drunk and she's too. like no you don't i can guarantee it and then <laughs> later in the movie he's like i'm already too deep boys and i drove fucking amazing or something <laughs> yeah. like that yeah it's like we made everything a dick joke <laughs> oh dude this guy's honking his fucking balls all movie man <laughs> you, you know what one of the funniest things to me is man is when she's fucking she hands the cop the fucking bag with the the killer's that's blood what on I'm, it. That's and what I was gonna say. I love like DNA, dude. And he's wait, like, he's, I'd that? almost plug it into the worldwide DNA system. We're solving crimes here. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> and but wait, but the funniest part about the whole scene is when he throws it on the ground. He yeah. throws it on his like left arm, and it looks so goofy. <laughs> he just throws it, <laughs> threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> i was fucking rolling the I, first time yeah, i watched this that was i was my favorite kissing part. myself just I was... laughing and he just like throws it on the ground and just keeps talking 
Oh man, it was so good, man. Man, I gotta say, man, the fucking Lurch, man, he had a lot of um he had a lot of fucking Nintendo cartridges in his uh van. That was crazy to see. Like 1987, you had that many games. I was like, damn, dude, you'd be rolling yeah. in money. Because them shits weren't cheap. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like um, video like the expensiveness of video games is always just like scaled like over time. Yeah. So like even at like I what are they now? Like sixty bucks or something? Seventy. Buck, like 70, 75 yeah. bucks so, like, when they 70, come out? Yeah. yeah. So Crazy. like 20 years ago, like when they were 50 bucks, like that definitely felt like 70 bucks now. Yeah. 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 But then again, like some consoles, like where, like I, what, what console was that? The, uh, was it the Saturn that was like, it was like 600 bucks back in the nineties. And it's like, dude, that would, that's like insane. That's a lot. Yeah. Now. <laughs> that's like, nobody I had that. I nobody have- had those. That's why I think I do. I think I have that, and it was a very short-lived system, right? Yeah, it didn't. It, it didn't was like I don't think it was that no. expensive though, because it was like not an impressive system. That was the first video game system I ever had. And my parents got me. I thinking it was going to be big, and then like within like a year or two, they're like, "Yeah, we're not making games for this anymore." You know what always bugs me, man? In movies, like okay, so you know the scene where the the chick gets fucking stabbed up on the waterbed, and it's like spraying out, like it's all fucking like pressurized and shit. Man, yeah. I used to have a water bed in high school and I popped my bed twice and let me, I'll tell you one thing, it the water doesn't spray out like that, man. It does not spray out like that. <laughs> it's not even a knock on it. It depends just how it big how how big you pop it too, though, kind of. I would right? think it would just kind of like pour out and collapse, right? Yeah, it just it just kind of leaks out and shit like that. You would have to have your bed so full. It would just it just doesn't do that. It just I had a water bed too. I, lo- I missed that bed, man. I loved it. It was they like, were so interesting. Like if, the- if you didn't have it, like they, they could get like really fucking cold or really fucking hot. It was like messing with the temperature was always interesting. Yeah, I always had my good man. Like, yeah, I, I always loved it, man. <laughs> yeah. I like how they were ripping Dude, apart. that is something that is completely gone. Yeah, man. Like hundred percent. Like you can't even I, I have never I haven't seen a water bed in probably twenty years. I don't think I've ever been on a water bed. I've seen maybe like two in my life. Yeah, they were I knew this girl who had one when I was in in high school, yeah. but my, yeah, I had one growing up and it's so, yeah, it's like, I haven't been on one of those in 20 fucking years or something. Well, I guess yeah. since high school, but I actually moved by when I first moved to Vancouver, I actually had my waterbed in my, my uh, place. It was cool. Um, I like how they make fun of uh fucking TikTok on here too, man. It's like, do the machines destroy the world? No, it's more the dancers on fucking TikTok. <laughs> yeah. The minds of the generation. I'm like, yep. Look, I call it tick tick because it's just ticking away your fucking life. But that's right. That's <laughs> why I mean TikTok works for that too. Dude, TikTok's TikTok, been telling TikTok. my girlfriend to watch some insane movies. Yeah, man. Uh, I think the, all the bootleg versions of her tape, like reanimator. Well, like, sometimes like, like I'll show her like some stuff like and like she'll go and like look up TikTok videos. So like her algorithm has like a bunch of like kind of like pretentious film critique like recommendations. And, like <laughs> earlier this week, it told her to watch Valerie in her week of wonders. <laughs> and then she actually watched it. <laughs> wow. Crazy. GP doesn't like that movie. No, I don't. I love that movie. I I, I really like that movie too. He doesn't yeah. like the Cremator either, and I I think that's another really good movie the too. Like might actually be my favorite horror movie though. I just Dude, I it's like not even a fucking horror movie. movie for yeah, it's a, like, good, it's I, a good movie. It's, I, it's labeled it, as it, but I don't know if I would just call it a horror movie. A horror movie. I'd feel weird like saying like that's my favorite. Man, I don't feel like watching any of those fucking. So are we going to win? Are we going to win any Posse awards? <laughs> Like when he says, I've won like five, I've won like so many posse where she's like, she's like, that's not the same thing as a Pulitzer. <laughs> 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 Fucking hilarious, man. 
man this movie is actually really funny like there's a lot of good shit dude it, it, I, wa- I was watching it last night and it completely like won me over i was just like this is this is i'm actually like greatly enjoy it was like honestly <laughs> It was one of the better experiences I've had all year with movie watching just because well, like, I was like, really, I mentioned this last I show. I said, funny. I said, I mentioned this last show. This is one of the very few films that I actually like really enjoyed this year. I didn't want to go too deep into it. And I'd like persuade you and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I said, I liked it kind of thing. Right. Right. But I honestly didn't think that you were, I, I thought I'd be higher on this. Well, I, I don't know what your rating is or whatever, but I wasn't sure how you're going to feel about this one. So. I but honestly I, I, thought I like just from the cover and like, like what I had, like, like the brief stuff I had heard about it. I thought it was just gonna, I thought I was going to be like, you know, just, I thought it would be, be like maybe okay or something, but it, it surprised me. Well, before I knew that it was a time travel slasher film, the title totally killer. I was like, man, that's fucking lame. But then the title, it, it just reminded sense. me of like Blumhouse with like, just the type of movie, like, like like I said, Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day Two, uh, fucking freaky. Like it just, I thought it was just gonna be something like that, and it kind of is, honestly. But yeah. it's just like more fun than yeah. Happy Death Day was. Oh, big yeah, time, man! Th- this one's this one's entertaining, man. It's got so many funny characters in it, man, and it's got great dialogue. It's just got a lot of good. I like when- feel like it should have been theatrical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of does. I, I love the the I red. Was surprised that it was Blumhouse when when like the credits came on. I don't know if you guys caught that, but the one when the one dude says, you know, oh yeah, when you kill these people, they they explode into like you know like a red mist, pink, and oh, like a pink mist, yeah. <laughs> and then that yeah. shit. Ha- oh my god, dude, I I fucking and she's laughed like, out loud. Pink mist, <laughs> dude, oh, I laughed so hard when she fucking shows up at the school and it's like the Vernon Red Devils, and she's like, yep, and there's the blatant racism right there. Just dude, I I thought that was so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's so bad. Yeah, that's good shit. But I gotta admit the though, red devils. <laughs> one of the funniest things, as soon as she gets to the gym class, I started laughing before the scene even happened. I was like, they they did it. Because they literally banned dodgeball like in schools because it was just so what? violent and stuff like that, right? Like you can't play dodgeball like after like the nineties. Like it's been banned forever. I no, I we yeah, had it. I only played as a little kid. Did, did you? Yeah. yeah we had so, like, when I was a kid, I was I was the asshole that would totally headhunt on purpose. And I'm like, oh I'm sorry, I hit you right in the face. But people would be down, uh, look over the teacher, and I would I would whip balls at people that were out and shit. And, like, I was <laughs> such a I was such an asshole playing dodgeball. But I love the scene when they're getting nailed and spits coming out their mouth and it's just yeah. violence as shit. And like I'm like, it was totally over embellished, but at the same time, it's exactly what it was like, man. People but everybody just, like, took dodgeball so seriously when I was in yeah. high school, dude. Like totally. it was like you took that shit seriously. Like you wanted to fucking win. Man. It was survival of the fittest. And dude, yeah. and the and teacher, like, the teacher and was like totally, you always went after the fucking nerds who didn't want to dude, play or like the, the, every the, time, the chubby girl every, or something. Every you know? time, man, you would just pick <laughs> yeah. on you pick on the ones that couldn't move. And plus the bigger people were easier targets because they were they're yeah. hard to miss. <laughs> that was me. But He's honestly, dude, the teacher was cast perfect because like when she's mocking, like when she's mocking her and shit, I'm like, everybody had a PE teacher that was just like that. Right? Like I had a yeah. PE teacher and I think it was, oh, it was in grade 10. He used to play in the CFL. So he was like a fucking ex-football player. <laughs> dude. And we would play contact everything. And if, if, if you didn't get hit hard enough, he would make you get hit harder after. <laughs> like it was fucked up. It was fucked. We played full full contact soccer he's like soccer's a pussy sport we're playing full contact i'm like jesus christ this is fucked up man <laughs> oh yeah. dude he was the most brutal teacher ever man but like that's 
you know, that was back in the day. Dude, I, I, dude, gym teachers were like that. I had a gym teacher named Mr. Spinetti. He was like, he was like a accomplished wrestler. I remember he, I think he beat Kurt Angle in a match before or something, which is his claim huh. to fame. But like, we, like he was the type of guy where we literally go up to him and be like, be like, I want to go, I, like, I'm going to fight Michael. He's like something. And he's like, all right, we'll do it behind the building where nobody could see. Like literally those are actual words that yeah. you can say. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Carpinko, that was his name was. I think he played for the the Bombers with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, that that guy was just vicious, man. Oh god. And I like how the mom is just like calls her a bitch and stuff. It's just funny as shit. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't let anybody know that I'm a sci-fi. That's so funny. I, I love that when they were like panning through all of her tapes and shit, and she's got like Reanimator and like all these fucking cool ass movies yeah, and shit. Cool. It's like scoping out all the titles. Yeah. Yeah. Like every movie was like classic, classic, but they were like just all new at the time. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Funny movie. Good movie, man. Really, really good stuff. Um, so, oh, radio, I guess I go first. Yeah, you're first. All right. So, yeah, this is actually one of my favorites of the year, man. Um, after two watches, it still works. And I hope that this one comes out on physical because it'll be a purchase for me. Um, yeah, it's weird, right? This was like an a Amazon Prime exclusive like it, it feels like it should but should have been theatrical this would have been great to see at the cinema it would have been yeah, awesome. yeah it does fit it feels like it was big enough to be i kind of like assumed that did it that it did a theatrical run like a brief one and i just like missed it yeah no i don't think it did i think it was uh, specifically I thought, uh, uh, yeah i think you're, you must Amazon. have been. I, I just yeah. assumed that was what this is just kind of like that the like last demeter movie that was like played for like a week yeah we didn't even get it i was pissed about it because i really wanted to see it and i actually still haven't even watched it yet but I heard it was just okay though. You, yeah, I heard I had a problem. It's like you can't really build tension like when you're like making a like a remake of a part in a movie that everybody's already seen. Yeah, right. And that didn't need to be two hours long. That wasn't the main complaint. Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Totally. The killer can't be killed. He's Michael fucking Myers. To quote the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they they bring up there's a lot of references to other films and shit in here. It's pretty cool. I always like that shit, man. I know some people get tired of it, but I I always find it fun. Anyways, totally killer, one of my favorites of the year. I'm coming in at a nine on this one. Good film. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a little bit under you. Uh, wait, it's Tyler. It's yeah. Me. Okay. <laughs> You'll keep you I've been fucking it all up tonight. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, after talking, discuss about it i'm discussing it a little i think i'm gonna come up um a bit from where i was on it uh i can't say i didn't i think i can't say i didn't enjoy it or i was investing or i was bored or anything negative about it like that i do think there was some parts that were kind of sloppy and some stuff i don't exactly buy but overall it's i it's think it's uh completely fine it's a pretty good movie everyone should probably watch it if you're trying to log all the best 2023 movies uh, or and i'm gonna come in at a six and a half on it all right. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think sometimes with movies like this, that when when you get to talk about it and and two people sort of like are going off on like all the stuff they like, it makes it, it almost makes you want to like it more because it's you're like, like, oh, like yeah, a lot that of the is, things like you that. were saying too. like I was a great like I agree with. Yeah. But sometimes you just don't put it in your own thoughts until yeah. you hear somebody else say it. Um, I do that all the time. Like I've I've been talked down movies up movies <laughs> like i remember one time with me moods were reviewing texas chainsaw 3d and i think jeremy was there too and i and i came in like like with a like 
happy rating and i was like i like this movie and like just at one point i was like you know what you're right this is all dumb (laughs) like i'm loading my (laughs) it like happened in real time where i just like i went from liking the movie to just being like wow you're fucking no i think it's it was one of the chainsaw movies because i brought up something and it was chainsaw 3d yeah and i was talking about something you're like oh yeah totally that's fucking stupid you're right then you're like yeah fuck this already (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i just Um, i wasn't even trying to convince him i just i know but it just happened because i i you just were pointing out more things than i initially (laughs) thought there were and i was just like after you hear it all all at once you're like yeah what the fuck that why am i like liking this so much yeah yeah. um but yeah totally killer uh i'm coming in at eight and a half out of ten just a little under moods i I think that it's i actually came up a half point uh during Mm -hmm. this review i was at eight whenever i finished last night and after talking about it i came up a a half point sweet yeah so that's totally totally killer from 2023 yeah definitely definitely one of the better uh films from this year that i've seen so far yeah well i mean i'll tell you right now that it's it's like this is what i was kind of looking for and said that we were missing all year was like the direct like the the vod stuff that uh is actually like good that you hear people talk about and then you watch it and you're like oh yeah that was good i feel like we haven't had much of that this year no no it's been yeah i'm up to fuck what have i watched 33 movies and i think i'm at about like 45 maybe yeah yeah th- there's still like 40 for 2023 total i just watched i just watched a few more i watched uh i think last weekend so i'd i i think the last one i'd watched was vhs 85 but i watched uh the dr death movie which i thought was it's it's fucking full moon man i had fun with it <laughs> it's short it's like an hour long but it's i was just shocked that they made a dr death movie because he was like in one of the old puppet master movies i think which one was he in like retro or something like that like one of the really terrible ones was I don't he? know. Yeah, it was like a brief. It wasn't even like a main shit. I thought he was like a new guy. Like I think like he, I think he was. He made an appearance in one of the older, and then that was it. Like he was just in one of them or something like that. It's so weird. Like I don't know, man. Um, that I watched that Night of the Hunted. It was on Shutter about the girl that gets. Um, there's basically a sniper on this uh, on this big billboard, and she's trapped in like a gas station and shit. It was all right um do you, did anybody watch the angry black girl and her monster yeah I've, i watched it months ago what, what did you think of it i thought it was all right yeah it's an interesting kind of urban take on frankenstein, frankenstein. yeah, yeah. Watch, i know brandon liked it. It, i thought it was okay it, it was definitely kind of what i expected from it, it was it was decent did um, you watch that uh Ta- the french one the tower or whatever? no i think i might i might actually watch it tonight Ooh, it's just, a french it, one I heard it's it Brandon looks, said it was depressing, I think, right? Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> it had a cool premise. It's something about people holed up in like a high riser and there's like a fog that comes in or some shit. I'm like, ooh, that's yeah. right. Wow. That does sound ooh, like something cool. I would like. Yeah. yeah but I'm trying not and to get too hype. Yeah, I'm trying not to get too hype for it. And it's friends at the tower and the cloud. Yeah. Yeah, I was so trying to funny. after ripping on Shutter last week and I was trying to kind of redeem it a little bit. So I was watching a bunch of Shutter <laughs> movies and uh I watched Puppet Man. Eh, it was okay bad things was the worst movie of the year i've seen so far do not watch bad things that movie sucked oh <laughs> fucking horrible even brandon said it was the worst one he's seen all year i was like that's crazy because i read when i fin- i was like this is definitely the worst thing i've seen all year it's fucking terrible yeah and then of course dark harvest and shit so yeah to 33 
I've watched too many shit bombs. That's definitely the the shit turd of the the shit turd. Oh, fuck. Don't <laughs> watch the movie Fear. That's for damn. I haven't even seen that one anywhere. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but yeah. Uh, I watched bad. it in fucking the theater at the beginning of the year, like January or something. Yeah. And it was, I almost walked out. I was so fucking. Wow, know. man. Walking out. That's oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. And I, I've only almost walked out of like, I've never walked out of a movie, but the closest yeah, I was, was like Slender Man. And then this. Yeah. I've never it's, walked out. I don't of, have oh, it in me to walk out of a movie. Oh yeah. So when Ervil, Evil Lurks just got on Shutter, and I heard that one's really good. So. Have you guys seen it yet? Mm-mm. No, no. Oh, I heard okay. this. I haven't seen everyone's been telling me to watch it because I, I, I don't know. I think it had a theatrical or whatever, and everyone was saying to fucking definitely. Check I usually kind of like see a lot of them the last two months of the year, and just kind of like let the yeah let things rise to the top. Did anybody watch Brooklyn Forty Five? Is it worth watching? No, I didn't watch that, and that was really interested in it though. Yeah, no, it's it's I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think lockdown. Does Bo is Afraid count as a horror movie? The fuck? Why this not going there? No, I don't think so. Anyways, yeah, so I got a couple here to watch. Um, that was weird. Didn't go. Fucking Shutter always fucks up when you add things to your uh, to your list. Sometimes the movies don't go in. Fucking Shutter. Okay. Anyways, yeah, so that's gonna conclude episode two hundred and forty-two Halloween special. Thank you, Mr. Saucedo, for coming back and joining us. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it was it was a fun show. It was a fun show. Um, yeah, and and you know all the movies were fucking decent this week. You know, generally when we do like kind of these modern things, there's always one that sucks. But I thought everything was pretty decent, worth watching. So good stuff, good stuff. And uh, yeah, so I guess we will be back next week with week one of Italian Horror Month which for a refresher is going to be what is week one fuck i can't remember bazoni uh, luigi bazoni with yeah. the fifth chord footprints on the moon and the possessed that's going to be a good show man um because fifth chord and possessed are great movies and i heard footprints is just bizarre i'm in the same boat as you i think those other two are both good and i haven't seen footprints but i'm definitely interested because i like both of the other two yeah yeah so yeah really interesting i think the possessed is so underrated like i never hear people talk about that movie it's crazy but this will be my second watch of both those movies so i'm definitely uh definitely interested definitely looking forward to that yeah all righty all right so we are gonna get up out of here and we'll check you guys next week deuces that's all folks (laughs) 